When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, lads, UFC fighter Jack Shaw here. You can catch me on the latest episode of Ace Podcast Nation, uh, unscripted and uncensored. Uh, make sure to give him a subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation. And uh, looking forward to getting back on there soon. Hey, guys, and welcome to episode number 25 of the Andy Campbell Championship Show only on Ace Podcast Nation. And we are live on YouTube for the first time. Episode 25, so a quarter of a century old this particular show as we rattle, rattle through the championship and football seasons. I'm your host, Sai, and I'll be joined by ex-Premier League and championship striker, Cardiff City legend, Mr. Andy Campbell, who we uh, will meet in a second, but you'll be able to see his beautiful face. To the right, I believe, maybe to the left, not sure. But uh, in case you are checking us out for the first time, I'll just tell you a little bit about what we are quickly. We are predominantly a championship show where we focus on three main games each week, uh, which are voted for by you guys on a Saturday evening and the weekend, uh, usually on Twitter. We then also discuss the rest of the games from the weekend. Today is slightly different because it's an FA Cup special, but uh, we also... I have a little segment at the start of the show, which is called Any Other Business, where we discuss the biggest stories from the footballing world or anything which has piqued our interest. can often turn into a rant, depending on the, the weekend. Here at Ace Podcast Nation, at the channel, we uh, release three, at least three podcasts a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, definitely. For instance, this week, there's actually going to be about four or five podcasts over the week. We do all sorts of subjects. Mental health, football, wrestling, MMA, films, TV, music, and, and lots and lots more. All the shows are available at video, youtube.com slash Nation, and the audio versions at various podcasting platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and uh, many more. We've also got our unique, unique series, Unscripted Uncensored, which is uh, it's different because the questions and the talking points are set by you, the audience. We have uh, some cracking guests, particularly on this series, including uh, we've had Rodri Giggs, UFC fighters Brett Johns, Jack Shaw, Bellator's Tom Moons, uh, Paddy the Baddy Bimblet, actor Johnny Owen, and uh, lots and lots more on uh, all the different series. And uh, yeah, so that's what we do. Every week we release this show, which is the Andy Campbell Championship Show. Uh, it's our flagship football podcast. We normally record on a Monday and release on a Wednesday, uh, but we're giving it a whirl going live today. So it's Monday. So, uh, yeah, we just break down all the action from the Skybet Championship with the, the former Premier League striker, Andy Campbell, providing the expert analysis and insight. So without further delay, I welcome my co-host, the goal collector, the fox in the box, Davy Jones's favourite son, <laughs> and still, still... The king of the Millennium Stadium, Mr. Andy Campbell. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Good evening. I am all right, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, excited. I, I, I don't like the championship being uh, being not here, but 
You know what I mean? I, I'm a big lover of the FA Cup, so you know what I mean. Got to keep it, keep it alive and kicking because uh, I know a lot of people aren't taking it as seriously as they should, uh, oh, and it'll be a little yeah. bit of me rant. But yeah, uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. I think there's going to be some rants, mate. I can yeah. feel it already. I, I love it, mate. It's, it's played, played a big part in my football career, so I, I, I needed to keep going, you know. So yeah, it's all right. So here's a here's a here's a quick question for you off the cuff. What um, what's your favourite? FA Cup memory as a you know like a as a player um, oh, as a player I scored uh, I scored a really important goal against Man United uh, at the Riverside um, we beat them 2-0 knocked them out the fourth round of the FA Cup just before they were going to go to Brazil for the uh, the World Club Cup Championship so it was you know, it's played a big part in my life you know I used to I used to love Cup Final Day when it was on BBC One and it started at like 8 o'clock in the morning and we watched the players have the breakfast. I watched every single goal of the FA Cup and it was just, just played a really big part in my, in my upbringing as a football fan. And like now I just think um, it's lost a bit, little bit direction. Um, I think people aren't taking it as serious as they should. That's fans, players, clubs, um, everybody alike. But you know what I mean? I think, uh, I think... The longer it goes, the more serious they take it. But for me, it's it should be just as serious and just as entertaining as it is in the first round and it is in semi-final final because it's, it is that important to every club for me. Or should be. Yeah, I agree. FA Cup, like for me, you know, growing up as a kid, it was like I really looked forward to it. And when I was a younger kid, the FA Cup was kind of the first football I watched on TV because it yeah. was always on BBC. You know, back in the day, it was on BBC, um, and BBC used to do such a good job of building the FA Cup games uh, yeah. on grandstand in the morning yeah you know where they have football focus and stuff these days but like yeah. you know yeah. FA Cup final day was just so amazing on TV if yeah. you're a football fan well Satan um, Greavesy Satan Greavesy used to just yeah. you know what I mean used to dominate you know what I mean and, and you know what I mean you're on about football shows and football things but it doesn't get any better than that you know that, you know what I mean and, and everyone would recognise and remember those kind of those kind of days and I think they're getting forgotten a little bit now you know what I mean with football being such a business it was it, it was quite fun back in the day yeah absolutely mate um, guys as the as the the viewers starting to toll up a little bit uh, drop us a thumbs up and a subscribe if you don't mind that'd be great helps us grow helps us uh, helps other people find us on YouTube uh, and you welcome uh, you welcomed you mentioned then about uh, clubs not taking it seriously yeah. um, so we're gonna go into any other business first before we go into the games uh, there's a few things we want to discuss from the weekend and uh, yeah. a couple of them might get a little bit ranty but um mm. You mentioned to me, yeah, you were FA Cup attendance particularly. But um, before we go to that, before we go to that, I wanted to go with uh, Liverpool because it kind of links in with what you just said about clubs not taking it seriously. Yeah. You know, Liverpool yesterday, uh, they were 2 0 up, which we'll discuss in a bit, um, against Shrewsbury. It's yeah. gone to two, you know, it's finished 2 all. Uh, Shrewsbury, to be fair, had enough chances to, to finish it. Uh, yeah. They had so many chances. But what I, what annoyed me was actually Klopp's comments afterwards, where he said, "Not only is he going to play an strength side, which you know you expect that Premier League clubs, particularly the top ones in Europe, are going to play a mixture of youth and fringe players. I get that, but he's basically said he's going to play the similar sort of team that they played when they were at the Club World Cup, and he's not even going to coach the team. Now, to me, that's disrespectful because the World Club Cup." You know that was unavoidable. Unavoidable. FIFA yeah. were never going to change it. It was that was by you know by the bias they had to deal with it. 
fine. Yeah. This time around, I feel like it's a lot more disrespectful. I, I look at it, side that that that. What, where's he going to be? Where's he going to be that day, that night? You know. So, if his players are playing and players are playing for the football club and players are trying to impress, they want to impress the manager. Is he going to watch it on TV? Well, if he's watching it on TV, he might as well watch it in live in, in at the stadium. Yeah. The whole thing doesn't make sense to me. Like you said there, you know, I mean, he was in a different country before, so it was it was massively unavoidable. This one's not, you know, what I mean, he's got to take it serious. You know, oh, what's the point in being? He might as well have handed the game over to Shrewsbury on the yesterday evening. He might as well have stood in front of the the, the TV cameras, BBC, and said, "Shrewsbury can have the game because we don't really want to be in the FA Cup anymore. It's not our priority." And I just find it to be a little bit disrespectful, you know what I mean? Because this is a really, really big thing for, for Shrewsbury. For the fans, for the club, for the new manager, um, for the for the for the bunch of players, you know what I mean. There's no other opportunity in probably the, the Shrewsbury players' lifetime to go to Anfield and, and play in a competitive game. So, you know what I mean. I think it is massively disrespectful, um, and and it's something that this should not really happen, really, for me. Yeah, didn't they bring in a thing a couple of years or a few years ago, maybe even maybe I'm sure my age now, where their teams were going to have to play, you know, like a, a pretty fairly strong sides or they were going to get kind of punished for playing too too much of a weakened side yeah well I think this I think the problem we've got Sai is, is the Premier League is, is, is this 25 man squad thing so the, in, the, in the Premier League you, you select a 25 man squad and anyone who's in that 25 man squad is deemed as um, as your best one of your best players so I think it makes a mockery of it for me, really, because I looked at Liverpool's squad yesterday and team yesterday. You know what I mean? They had a couple of recognised players, uh, goalkeeper, uh, used to play for West Ham, the two centre-halves recognised players, um, centre-forward recognised player. Apart from that, you, you, you're paying a bunch of kids and you know what I mean? And, and they nearly did enough. They nearly had enough to win the game. But overall, um, Shrewsbury dominated long parts of the game and, and deserved to get something, something from it. And I just think... Uh, but we said it before, disrespectful in, in, in certain quarters, you know, that um, certain teams made um, small changes, some teams made more than others, but, you know what I mean, it just shows what kind of priority the FA Cup has, and, you know what I mean, if you put a, a Champions League place at the end of it and a carrot at the end of it, then I'm sure teams will take it a hell of a lot more serious than, than they did at the weekend, because some of them have, have missed an opportunity to uh, to progress as far as they can. Yeah, yeah, and... Um... We, I think we've talked about that before, haven't we? Is that yeah. the, the the kind of prospect of maybe making the prizes of the League Cup and the yeah. FA Cup mean more by yeah. just because Sai, si, let's uh, let's say let's say for example Liverpool, Liverpool the, the FA Cup has got a Champions League place on it. Liverpool win the league and Liverpool get in the FA Cup final against Oxford United. With Oxford United getting the FA Cup final, they'll be earned a place in the Champions League because they've got in the final because Liverpool have already got another avenue. And that, imagine, imagine that. You know what I mean? It, it's it just opens that opens doors. It creates money. It creates revenue. It, it creates a buzz. And why shouldn't that happen? You know. So you know what I mean? It's it's if Liverpool played the same team all the way through to FA Cup final day, I'd probably respect Jurgen Klopp even more than I do. But if it got to the FA Cup semi-final final, I guarantee you that all the big hitters would be back in the side. I think that's unfair a little bit. Unfair on the kids who've got them to a certain place. Um, unfair on everybody else because that's the team that he's that he's selecting. But you know what I mean? He's he's doing he's doing a job at the minute. He's doing he's doing a fabulous job. But uh, for me, I just think the FA Cup needs to be taken a little bit more seriously by managers. And then pushing on to the next point, um, then it would probably encourage supporters to start putting bums on seats and paying. Football clubs to 
to go and watch the games because some of the attendances over the weekend, Man- Manchester City, do you know what I mean? Manchester City, what, the biggest football club in, in England? The biggest, one of the biggest football clubs in Europe and the stadium is half full, you know what I mean? And surely they can get bums on seats and surely, you know what I mean, they can, they can attract, you know, and Man City put a really good side out in the, they couldn't even probably half fill a stadium and, you know what I mean, Fulham, Fulham, apparently, that in the FA Cup, you get half, half the revenue and Fulham must have been absolutely devastated because you get knocked out of the FA Cup and then you still don't even pick up the kind of money that you thought you were going to because it just becomes a, a dead rubber and, you know what I mean, that, that, like Shrewsbury are going into the game at Anfield hoping for a, a bigger, big attendance because if you get knocked out, at least you're going home with uh, some money in your pocket because that's the be-all and end-all for the little clubs that it'll probably sort them out for their budget for the rest of this season and next. So, good luck to them. Hope that, hope that happens. But, you know, I mean, Newcastle United did a, did a really good thing at the weekend. Newcastle had uh, a pound, a pound uh, admission for kids and they had a sellout for Oxford United game. And, and I think the game, or, even though it was 0-0, it was a really, really good game. And because it was a good game, the atmosphere was really good and, you know, I mean, it created a buzz around and, and it's the next generation of fans and Newcastle United, the same as Cardiff City, the same as Middlesbrough, the same as Hartlepool, Oxford United, they need the next generation of fans to come watch the football team and get that buzz and if you're discouraging families from, from being able to afford to go, then then it's going to cause a problem. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the best way to do that is for these cup games where, you know, season ticket holders don't qualify for free tickets and stuff like that. So, or not free tickets, but you know it's not included in their season ticket. It should do deals, don't you? Whether it's uh, deals for those season ticket holders to be able to take extra people for free or cheap, or or you make yeah. it kids for a quid. You've got to yeah. do something because, and you know, obviously these days all the games are on TV, um, yeah, yeah. and you can pretty much. And in fact, it's worse with the FA Cup in terms of things like streaming and stuff like that because literally every game is on. So. Yeah. I've got to think that that hurts attendances. Oh, um, massively! It's, it's got to, it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt attendances because um, the clubs, the clubs rely on on fans turning up. You know, because your season tickets that that these extra games, you, you still got to pay people to work on those match days. So you need you need things coming in, and uh, you need money. You need this, this kind of money coming uh, coming through, and uh, and hopefully. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you encourage people to go and watch or, or do they reduce the, the ticket prices or is it is it get the youngsters in, put, give, 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 the, give the tickets to school kids so schools can go as, as big big groups and you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's an avenue for thought for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, and over the 25 shows this season where we've been doing it, it's, we've talked about uh, there's been plenty of instances of, of you know racism and bad behaviour from football fans, um, yeah. and again, last week uh, at Reading, I think it was Reading Millwall, they uh, they did the old Tannoy uh, gimmick, where they tell fans if they don't stop certain behaviours, they will, you know, the game will be stopped and the certain pro- protocols. Uh, Saturday evening. There was uh, there, this happened again, again mm-hmm. at a Reading game. Uh, this time it was accusations of racism and homophobia, uh, and it was actually levelled at the club I support, the club you played for, Cardiff City. Yeah. Um, now we're going to discuss it in detail. Now I've also got a statement from the Cardiff City supporters club uh, guy who runs everything, which is uh, Vince Al, which I'll read in a second. Um, but what I wanted to say as someone who is Cardiff born, Cardiff bred, supported Cardiff City all my life. 
um, in I'm 38, and in all the years of watching Cardiff City, I've never heard like racism, racist chanting, anything like that ever. Yeah. Not even like one or two voices. Now, maybe that's just kind of the people who I would hang around with, or I would sit with, or I don't know. I, I I've never heard it. Now, am I saying there's not? You know, there's not people who've caused trouble over the years and there's not been issues with Cardiff fans. Of course there are not. There has been. Of course there has. But Cardiff have worked very hard to improve the image uh, of the club uh, and the fans' behaviour. The, the, the fans have pleased themselves. Uh, Cardiff is massively multicultural as a city. Yeah. Um, so it didn't sit right with me straight away. It didn't fit with what I know to be Cardiff City. Now, uh, straight after the game, Reading put out a tweet uh, stating, I, I haven't got, I wish I'd brought it up with me, um, but it basically said, you know, there was racist and homophobic chanting in the tweet. About an hour or so later, the wording was changed in the tweet. They deleted yeah. it and we were, and it was discriminatory. Um, what we've now discovered that it seems that uh, some stewards from Reading Football Club uh, complained to police regarding uh, the anti-English chanting which, you know, if you've ever been to a, a Cardiff City game, a Swansea City game, a Wrexham game, anything like any Welsh team, you get uh, the sort of England is full of this and yep. then you get the sheep shaggers, this, 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 Wales you know, yep. it goes both ways and yeah, it's yeah. been like it since the dawn of time Yeah. Um, to me that is neither homophobic and that is neither racist mm -hmm. um, and if we're going to kind of go down that route of doing a whole tannoy announcement and all this garbage for that that's a problem to me because you're basically saying to football fans you can't have banter between the home and away fans and you know just sit in silence and I've spoken to a few people now who are at the game and they said it completely completely killed the atmosphere afterwards well, Sai, as you know, you know, I mean, you mentioned that, that I played for the football club and, you know, I mean, I, my four and a half years at Cardiff City, I never once, I repeat, I never once witnessed, heard any kind of discrimination, any kind of uh, racism, homophobic uh, chanting. Um, you know what I mean? For me, everywhere we went, if it was a home game at Ninian Park, if it was an away game at anywhere in the country, especially the New Den, especially the Britannia Stadium, um, Ashton Gate, you know what I mean? Probably three of the rivals at the time when I played, Stoke City, Millwall and, and Bristol City, that it was all banter between English and Welsh supporters and, and passionate about their football club and their country. And that, for me, was is it, it was what it was. It was no, no more, no less. And, um, for... For anyone to make an issue and make a make a make a bigger deal out of it um, is just is is out of order. Um, you know, I put I put a tweet out and on Saturday, um, and I got a, a swift reply from uh, a friend of mine who lives and works in in Reading, um, who went to the game because obviously Middlesbrough weren't playing, um, uh, and confirmed to me um, and to everybody else that um, that he was sat in the Reading end. He heard exactly what was what was happening between both sides and, and confirmed it was just English and Welsh banter 
between two sets of supporters, and that was it. He said he, he, he heard absolutely zero racism from both sides. He heard zero um, homophobic chants or abuse from both sides. He heard the Reading fans giving the Cardiff fans some, some stick, and he heard the Cardiff fans giving the Reading fans some stick, but in a banter way. Um, and that's and that was that was that was the that's that's it final done and if 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 supporters aren't allowed to sing songs and what's the point of paying all the money to go and watch your football club if you're not allowed to do anything I just I just find it a bit uh, cringeworthy and laughable that um, that we've got now a game in a replay um, coming up in what um, ten days time or whatever it'll be and if Cardiff City did that the same way that Reading have done it then. Then we're going to have another problem on our hands because, you know what I mean. It, it, it's going to happen because that's just the way. It, that's just the way it is, and the way it has been, like you said, and it's been going back. It's been going going on for years and years and years. And do we want to stop it? No, no, we don't. We don't want banter stopping at football. We want. We. I've just. I've just spent the last five minutes whinging on about about people not going to games. So if we stop in all this all this thing, we're going to get even less people going. So why, why would Cardiff City fans go to go all the way to Reading to go watch a game if they're not allowed to have some fun, enjoy it, sing songs, have a good drink, have a good laugh with the mates? If if they're limited to what they can say and what they can do, you know what I mean? If if I'm sat here now, Si, and I'm and I'm accepting and um, and saying that racism's okay, I'm not it's far from it. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is banter between two lots of supporters is allowed 110 percent racism. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about homophobic chants. We're talking about two sets of players from two sets of teams. No complaints. There was black players on each team. And nobody complained. It was stewards who complained about what was being said between two bunches of, of, of I say, passionate supporters. One English team, one Welsh team. And, and for me, it should have been, it should have been handled better from, from a security point of view rather than um, from the tannoy because that in itself side can cause its own problems because that could have caused a bigger problem do you know what I mean that um, there's a protocol I thought which which went to a player complains to a referee if if something's happened on from the sideline uh, referee then goes to see both managers a message gets sent to the tannoy who, who who speaks out and then the final protocol is, is the players go off the pitch and something's been Something's gone massively wrong there because I, I didn't see the the parts before happening before before the tunnel came out. So we've missed, you know what I mean? We've missed probably the protocols got um, gone wrong somewhere down the line. Yeah, and also I thought that um, they kind of killed the atmosphere, but also I thought it affected the players as well. Um, a lot on the performance, and we will go through the game. Yeah, it, of course. It probably affected it. Probably probably affected Reading more than it did Cardiff because I thought Cardiff was not on the day, but. Well, so we sort of talk about that a bit longer, but but sorry, it's going to affect you because it's the game's going to get the game's going to get stopped or potentially going to get stopped. And as a player, you're you're powerless. You know what I mean? You're you're on the on the pitch thinking, I wonder who it's who the, who these things are aimed at. I wonder um, if the game's going to get stopped. So in your head, you're thinking, I'm trying my best, but in five ten minutes, this game could be pulled anyway. So you know what I mean? It's it's uh, it's I bet it must be a strange a strange thing to be happening. Yeah, indeed. Um, so I just want to read out this statement, which Vince Elm of the Cardiff City Sports Club gave me uh, over the weekend in relation to this. Um, and also, Reading play Cardiff on Friday uh, in Cardiff in the league, uh, which I'm actually going to for my son's birthday. So I'd be interested to see what the atmosphere is, because it's actually going to make it quite tasty. 
because yeah. uh, you know it's going to be quite hostile there. Probably more hostile than it would have been versus Reading on a Friday night before that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, totally agree. So, uh, so Vince uh, says uh, he's very shocked and disappointed how Reading Football Club handled the complaint from their from their steward yesterday. He was very unprofessional and probably didn't follow the guidelines or protocols. Much of the press, including the local press, have jumped on the bandwagon and vilified us with sensational headlines without finding out the proper evidence first. We are very angry and upset. We have a multicultural fan base with Cardiff being a port. There are many settlers from all around the world, so it is insulting to be labelled racist. I believe that the Cardiff supporters who attended the fixture yesterday deserve an apology from the supporters and the press, uh, as this this detracts away from real issues facing football of racism and homophobia, of which there's been several instances over the last 12 months. So, you know, I think I couldn't have put that better myself, but no, as someone who's been to every single home, home and away game for, you know, God knows how long, probably longer than I've been alive. Yeah, um, well, and Vince, and, and he wears his heart on his sleeve, sign. You can tell that that, that statement's uh, come from the heart and it's really hurting because he's passionate about not just his football club, he's passionate about his heritage, he's passionate about the reputation of himself and the football club. And, and unfortunately, over the weekend, it's been tarnished, but tarnished by, by somebody who's not got the full facts correct before they've uh, before they pressed the panic button. And you know what I mean? You've got to be, you've got to be oh, super. 100% correct before you start labelling people at the minute because you know what I mean the, the backlash of that um, especially with um, uh, with the game on Friday and then the replay you know what I mean it's um, it's going to fester on and for me you know what I mean if I was if I was Neil Harris that my, my team talk on Friday would be pretty simple would be go and ram those kind of statements down uh, down Reading Football Club's throats and get stuck right into them on the pitch and show the supporters that we back them 100% you know so you know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? I don't take these things lightly, Sai. You know what I mean? It hurts me because, I, like I said, you know what I mean? Four and a half years at a football club, and, and not not for one second did I hear anything. Uh, you know what I mean? Even Sai, I'm 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 a passionate Englishman, as you know, and you know what I mean. And I've got I've got time for, for all my Welsh friends, including yourself. And you know what I mean? Not one, not once in my time there did everyone anybody have a go at me about being English. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And and even if they did, I know it was um, a fully uh, banter. Um, yeah. full of banter because maybe it's England were playing Wales in rugby or football or, or something and I just think it's I just think it's it's it just creating a mess and an unnecessary mess where it just didn't need to happen well and I um, I have sung that song over the years at the top of my voice my mother's yeah. English and yeah. uh, my grandfather who I was very close to also English caught me yeah. as they come um, you know it, it's it's not it's not Racism, and I really feel that the biggest problem with this, this for me, the two biggest issues with it is one, Cardiff City and their fans have been labelled as as racist and homophobic. That's not fair to those people who have gone to that game and behaved themselves, and you know, paid their good money to travel up to 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 Reading and and go to the game. Yeah, that's not fair to them. No, I totally um, agree. And especially if you saw, I'll send you later some of the headlines in like the the Wales on Sunday and Wales online. It's absolutely disgusting, honestly. Really, just made my stomach turn reading it. And and the second thing is obviously it's really does undermine the genuine 
you know genuine causes of racism that there's been this season and particularly over the last, you know, last couple of years, it, it takes away from the genuine cases. Yeah. Right. What's, Go on. What's, what's the point of um what's the point of making a making a big deal about the Bulgaria situation if uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna create stories which which aren't true, you know, it just it just it's not fair. It's not fair, it's not correct and you know what I mean? And and I think apologies do need to be made and I think they need to be made sooner rather than later. And for me, it needs to be done before Friday, because if you, if you, if we're not careful, it's going to create a a mess, an unnecessary mess before the game, which 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 can be avoided. Yeah, you could get uh, get a bit testy, I think, between the players as well now, yeah. because it's just going to add that bit of spice. Um, I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, right, let's talk some football, actual football. Um, so we put the polls out, extra poll this week. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this uh, there's one. There was only one championship game. So as a, we are a predominantly championship podcast, yep. we will start with the championship game. It always it's strange to me that every time Swansea are in the poll and they lose, they seem to get high high number of votes. It's almost yeah. as if we've got a high number of Cardiff uh, followers who, who, who enjoy who enjoy their downfall. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. So Stoke City two, Swansea City nil. Yeah, um, to be fair, I thought Swansea started really, really, really brightly. Si. Um they had a few, uh, they had a few half chances. They pinned Stoke City back really early in the game. I thought Gallagher was really lucky not to score. He put a Jack Butland pulled out a, a, a wonderful save uh, at the near post, and um, but I think that was probably their opportunity to go and get into the game and put the game, put the game in their favour. And the longer the game went in the first half, Stoke got themselves back into it, and New Ireland started to run the game. And you know when you. When you've got someone like him in the in centre midfield to run games, and you've got the the uh, the Inses on one side, the McLeans on the other, and uh, you know, I mean, you've always got an opportunity. And uh, I thought I thought Stoke probably dominated the rest of the first half, and then second half it was just one way traffic really uh, for long periods, and uh, they continued to attack and attack, and uh, and then Kluka scored a a really good goal from outside the box, um, and then goals changed games and. And it was probably the goal that, that, that brought Swansea back into the game a little bit. That uh, after Clukes' goal, that Swansea started to get a, a couple of waves of attacks, and Grimes hit the bar with a with a fantastic free kick. But it's fine margin, Si. You know that um, Stoke were desperate for the points, and we've been really critical on them this season about them being ahead and, and losing games and drawing games and dropping too many points. But you know what I mean? They missed a, a ton of chances um, second half before uh, James McLean um, robbed the ball uh, and slotted home and. And after that, it was it was game over. Swansea didn't really deserve anything from the game overall, but they had a couple of half chances into the score. Those chances at the right times, they might have got something from the game. But is this the start of the Stokes revival to to keep them in the division? Well, only time will tell because normally they get one good result and then they go and go and mess up the next. So you know, it'll be interesting to see next weekend if they can continue following on from this this excellent result. Really, yeah. Um, so. We just had a, a question, which obviously I was going to send save the questions till the end. But uh, Gaz uh, Cummins, the, the West Ham fan who always has been uh, supportive of our show and stuff, he um, he asked if uh, what we made of Sam Lucas doing the Adebayor uh, celebration in front of the Swansea fans running the length of the pitch. Um, so what we got, we've got we've got a player who um, obviously didn't. Um, enjoy getting some stick from supporters. You know what I mean. So let, let, let's put it in, in in perspective that every time Lucas is getting the ball, he's getting 
some stick stroke abuse from supporters. He's getting booed every time he gets the ball. So what on earth does Swansea fans expect when he scores a goal? You know what I mean? That he he, he ran the whole length of the, the, the field to, to celebrate in front of... You know what I mean? If he'd have jumped into the crowd and, and done something um, inappropriate, I'd have a problem with it. But for me, you know what I mean? He, he's passionate. He scored a goal. Stoke is so desperate for the goal, for the points that he's, you know, he's probably even more passionate. He's been his ex-club. He's obviously getting a bit of, bit of stick from um, from his, uh, his his fans who allegedly or, or supposedly adored him when he played for the Swans. That, you know, what I mean, he decided to do what he did. So, you know, what I mean, do I have a problem in it? I've got a bigger problem, Si, in 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 players not celebrating against all yeah. clubs because you know, what I mean, they're get, he's getting paid by his by his by his team, Stoke City, and. The, probably the, the question, the same question would have been, why didn't Klukas celebrate a big goal for his team because he's playing against his old team? You know what I mean? For me, he celebrated, and however he wants to celebrate a goal, then so be it. Yeah, I, I haven't got a problem with it as long as it's not like um, kind of like right in the face of the, yeah. of the you know, the fans or. I don't in, think it, I don't think it was added by your, I don't think it was added by your, uh, as as brutal as that one. You know what I mean? I think it was it was on par with it. It was it was like a. A diluted version for me, you know what I mean. So I don't see a, I, I don't see a problem in it. I think it was, I think it was, it was just, he didn't overstep that that mark for me. Yeah, no, I think it's fair enough. I thought um, Stoke obviously are in desperate need of some wins, yeah, um, and I thought they performed pretty well. Yeah, for the rest, we we've said all season they've been up and down and up and down, yeah. and every time you think they're really getting going, they'll go and perform terribly. Yeah. Um, I think Joe Allen, former Swansea player, was just superb. Ah, oh, phenomenal, phenomenal. The way he uses the ball, he just does the simple things real well. But like, yeah. I just, he was slipping in these little balls in, inside the midfielders uh, for the wide players to run onto. The, you know, but he's got to have the movement off him to, to be able to do that. And I think that's the one thing where, or one of the things that Stoke have struggled with a little bit this year yeah. is actually the movement off the ball in front of those players like, uh, you know, Klukas and Joe Allen. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I'll say, they're, they're inundated with, with Premier League class footballers and, you know what I mean, if they're all on song, you know what I mean, they'll, they'll, be, a, they'll be an excellent side but there's, there's too many times which they all haven't played the best of the, the, the best games together, and unfortunately, that's, the league table doesn't lie, regardless of what certain managers and certain people say. You know what I mean? So, they, they are where they are, but they've got a great opportunity to get out of it. They've got some excellent players on paper, they just need to make sure that they're all singing off the same sheet and they can uh, and they can kick on again because the next game, uh, is, is obviously the most important one now. You know, that you're um, that you that you win on a Saturday afternoon in a in a big in a big big game, but then all of a sudden it becomes irrelevant if you go and lose your next game. And they go away to Derby next game, and then they play at home at Charlton, home at Preston, away to QPR, and then at home at Cardiff. So they've got some they've got some tough games, but at the same time, nobody wants to play a Stoke City side who's playing well because they've got some really good footballers and some uh, and some big name players on the day. So it's uh, you know what I mean it's 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 a tough one really because um, they're they are a good side. Yeah, Stoke should be. Yeah, you know, they should be at the top, the least top ten in the championship, at oh, least. Easily, easily, um, easily. Yeah, and same for Swansea. Um, I think it's more of a blip for Swansea. I think uh, I think they've, they've 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 had a decent run over the last few weeks, and um, and defensively they've been they've been sound. I think they were all over the place at times against uh, against Stoke City. Couldn't handle the pace of McLean, Ince, 
when Gregory came on, his, his power. Um, and I think uh, they struggled struggled with, 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 with probably Joe Allen's creativity as well. And um, every, every, we, we speak regular Si about this number 10 uh, and, and how good um, teams are with that, with that number 10. And Stoke are no different with a, when you've got the players that I've named already and you've got Joe Allen slipping these kind of balls and you've, you've got a great, great opportunity to win a football match. Yeah, and he's not all. You know, Joe Allen's not always been known for his uh, creativity. Every, you know, he's he's quite yeah. often more of that 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 holding midfielder who just does yeah. the the short passes, two three yards either way to, yeah. to win the ball back. But yes, so we move on to the FA Cup. Um, just before we do that, I'd just like to say uh, someone had just subscribed, so we're now up to six hundred subscribers on YouTube. So I thank you, uh, thank you to that person, and uh, thank you to everyone. Uh, I'd really appreciate, guys, everyone in the live chat is sort of fluctuating up and down, which is fine. I expect that because of the way uh, YouTube's algorithm works. But uh, if you guys could give a thumbs up, you could share the the link to the show, and uh, give it, you know, plug it to your friends, tell your friends, uh, and then and as we build up over the weeks, hopefully we'll get like a good good collection of people interacting on the live chat. Um, this show is uh, brought to you by our friends at Away Day Apparel. You can visit Away Day Apparel at www.awaydayapparel.co.uk for their latest clothes and offers with some big things planned for 2020. It is definitely worth following them on Twitter at Away Day Apparel and Instagram at Away Day underscore apparel. And uh, exclusively for Ace Podcast Nation viewers and listeners, you can get 10% off uh, your next order by entering the code AA. Podcast Nation in lowercase at the, the uh, at the payment screen till as it were, and that's AA Podcast Nation for ten percent off. Can't fault that. And uh, there's some exciting things coming from them in 2020. Okay, my friend, let's get this FA Cup stuff going. First game: Millwall nil, Sheffield United two. Yeah, well, we spoke about uh, teams making changes, Si, and, uh, you know what I mean? You look at Sheffield United, Sheffield United just left the championship, uh, you know what I mean, not 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 long ago also, you know what I mean? He hasn't really brought in that many um, top-class Premier League players, so, you know what I mean, the, the, the side's still full of predominant uh, championship players, and Millwall have been on the rise, so this was one of them games where I thought it could be a real upset, and, you know what I mean, I didn't, I didn't really see... Um, Millwall pulling in the performances like they have uh, and it surprised me really you know what I mean we, we've raved about Jed Wallace we've raved about other players Gary Rowett you know what I mean he's getting the best out of his players and there was a, quite of a, a lull of chances especially in the first half and um, more the, 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 the longer the game went Sheffield United grew into the game and, and to finish the game off with two absolutely fantastic goals Mo Besic um, I watched him a lot when he was at Middlesbrough um, you know what I mean? I know. I know. I know. I seen Chris Wilder's interview that he was just about to bring him off before he scored, and he cut inside from the right hand side and bent one in from the into the top corner of his left foot. Was just absolutely fantastic. And Oliver Norwood, you know what I mean? Who's one of the Sheffield United's best players in the Premier League? He killed the killed the game off with another long range shot. And Billy Sharp, you know what I mean, sharp as ever. You know what I mean? Should have scored. He had a couple of good one on ones, and um, but it just shows how. Uh, how good of a job Chris Wilder's doing, you know, that, you know what I mean? It was a, a banana skin, a potential one, um, but, but no, you know what I mean? Sheffield that took it serious, you know what I mean? They didn't make too many changes, had a still, still a strong, a strong side, didn't put the youngsters in, still have the experience uh, of the more Bessiches, the Billy Sharps who haven't played much football, but they're still experienced championship stroke Premier League players. So, you know what I mean? I think Sheffield United fully deserved to, 
um, to win the game. Um, and I was quite disappointed with Millwall, really, because we've raved about them on the show recently, about being in good form. And, uh, and this was an opportunity for the Millwall players to, like a Jed Wallace, to, to show the league and the Premier League um, scouts that he can do it in the league above. And unfortunately, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I think so. Um, both goals are excellently taken. And I think with the, these games are quite difficult when it's the the newly promoted teams to the Premier League. Um, because despite being a Premier League team, you know, it's only a couple of months ago that they were playing championship football. Um, so, it, you know, the, the, the gap, as you may be saying, like compared to some other teams in the championship to Premier League is not as big. And I do believe that the, the general gap is nowhere near what it was yeah. you know, 10 years ago. Um I thought they did very well. Um, but then, to... but then, side with the current with the current not being there for the FA Cup, then you know what I mean that that, that the Premier League survival for Sheffield United. I know that they, they are safe anyway, but the Premier League survival is is paramount. So why would he take the FA Cup seriously when when there's nothing there to you know what I mean? Because next next Saturday is the most important game for Sheffield United. So picking injuries up, picking suspensions up, um, is just is just a, a, a non a non starter for the football club. So fair play to Chris Wilder to. To want to go to Millwall and and battle away in the new den and and have a and have a have a, have a bit of a tear up and, uh, and and go and progress through because you know what I mean Chris Wilder obviously wanted to progress through and you just never know you get a decent draw next and all of a sudden you you find yourself in in good territory towards the last stages of the FA Cup so you know what I mean I, I just wish everyone had that kind of mentality yeah I think so and I think the other thing you notice is even the Championship sides rest players and rotate their squads these days yeah it's ridiculous. Um, this, you've just got to make an incentive to, yeah. to to make teams play as strong a side as they can. Yeah. Um, but then I'm sure you know bigger clubs would argue, well, my you know our young players they're good enough to play first team football, and um, yeah. so it's not weakening us. You know that'll be their argument. I know. And, yeah. and the other way to look at it is, you know, clubs do use the cup games to to blood these youngsters. Yeah. Otherwise, they just go out on loan. And if you think like a few years ago, Chelsea had like, you know, a ridiculous amount of players out on loan where it was almost like every team in the League One and Championship had a Chelsea player, yeah. you know, in their books. Um, so, but those players are playing now under Frank. So, would they be? I know they're playing league football, particularly for Chelsea, but, um, you know, would these players get the opportunities that they get in the Cup? Where would they get those opportunities if they're? If teams were forced, yeah, to... it's, a, it's a difficult one side as well because I I, I I watched the shoes of the game yesterday and uh, there was a lad who, who who was making his it was his first game his first uh, it's his first game in the FA Cup because he was on loan from Bristol City and he wasn't allowed to play in the last round because he was from Bristol City and I just think if you're if you're loaning a player out then for me you're loaning him out regardless of what team he plays plays against because you know what I mean for me I'd like to see certain players play against my team because. It gives supporters a chance to see how he's developing. It gives me as a manager a chance to see if he's good enough to play in my team. Um, and and yeah, just you, you can only see if during during that game of football. And if you, you know, what I mean, I know I know everyone wants to go through, and people might see it as a disadvantage because he knows the team inside out. But he's still giving the information to the to his current manager about team selection, weaknesses, strengths, blah blah blah. So. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just need to take it on the chin and just and just see it from the development side of the of the player. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's fair enough, isn't it? It's, there's so many different angles to it. And yeah. at the end of the day, what we want to see is we want to see 
when you get these uh, perceived smaller teams playing against big teams, they want to be playing against the best players from yeah. the players' point of view, the fans' point of view. You want attendances to be higher in the FA Cup, for instance, then you need when Shrewsbury play Liverpool or Man United play Tramia, you need them to play their best players so that it attracts fans. Yeah, totally because agree. Whilst, say, for instance, Man United fans might want to see, you know, their latest young players, the Shrewsbury or Tramia fans, they want to see the big boys. Yeah. You know, to, to really see what they can do. But yeah, uh, we've got a lot of games to get through. So uh, let's, let's move on to the next. We have... Um, Reading won, Cardiff City won. So obviously we're going to kind of stick to the the, the match. Now we covered the the allegations of uh, racism and homophobic abuse at the start of the show. Yeah, well, um, I was the people who, who are regular listeners to the show style will um, will understand that we've been quite frustrated with the way the Cardiff City started both the first half and the second half, and you know what I mean have reacted, um, or you know what I mean really badly to. To the, to the to the obviously to the tactics at the start of the game, but I thought Saturday was something different. You know what I mean? I thought the brilliant start. I thought they took the game by the by the bull of the horns, and uh, they got a really good start. You know, what I mean? really good ball in by by Murphy, uh, great header from Flint, um, and then a really tidy finish from 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 Patterson. And I, you know, what I mean, I expected them then to go and really kick on, and you know, what I mean, but sometimes you're at your worst when you score. And um, obviously, really disappointed with the with the way that Reading got the equaliser. I thought it was a decent ball and ball forward by. Uh, Charlie Adam and, and Maita uh, got a tidy finish. I thought started defending defenders with their arms up, playing, trying to play offside, and it was um, really disappointing. You know what I mean? Because you, you, you're giving a goal away more or less straight away, and you know what I mean. You can't afford to do that. But apart from that, I thought Cardiff City absolutely dominated the game. They were looking at the go ahead um, from Gavin White, uh, from Vokes, both long range shots, one from the set piece. Um, I thought Glatzel should have scored in the second half. It was a good save by the goalkeeper, but I think he's got a score from there. Um, there was obviously some more, uh, some more uh, attacks. Uh, Sol Bamba missed an absolute sitter towards the end. You know what I mean? If that's a centre forward, that's probably anybody else on the field that goes in. <laughs> um, but uh, but then there was a poor tackle as well by Tom McIntyre uh, to get his, to get his second yellow. And it, you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not here to to vilify players about about doing tackles. Everyone miss miss times a tackle or. Or makes a mistake, but it's it's for me it's reaction side. What what I don't like, and you know what I mean. You got a lad who made a real cool tackle from behind, and he's complaining about getting a yellow card. You know yeah. what I mean? For me, five years ago there was a there was there was talk of um, the tackle and tackle from behind getting getting brought out of the game because it's obviously the most dangerous tackle. Uh, what can happen? And for me, that was a horrific tackle from behind, and to get a yellow card for it um, is is probably the least he probably deserved because for me I thought it was a, a coward's tackle and he shouldn't be doing things like that and to, to, to complain about because it's his second yellow you know what I mean you should, never, you should never be in that position where you you know you're on a yellow card you, you get touched tight you don't even put a, a finger on the on the attacker in case he goes down so to go right through glass, uh, glass I thought was, was was really poor so you know what I mean overall I thought cards were excellent but didn't get the, the result which, which, which they thoroughly deserved and they've got to go back and do it again in what uh, just over a week's time, and, and and see if they can get through. But by then, they'll know who the who the opponents will be. So it might uh, might put a bit of edge on the game because you, it could be one of the big teams. And obviously, Cardiff with it with it with a with a sellout at home, or maybe it's a TV game. Hopefully, it might uh, it might make the, make the carrot even even sweeter against Reading. Yeah, and I think look, we're going to talk about uh, clinical finishing in some of the other games, 
uh, you know, taking your chances when they come. Cardiff didn't didn't take their chances. No. Um, what was great to see from a Cardiff point of view was Callum Patterson scoring again, being getting a start. Uh, Tom Vokes, uh, Tom Vokes, Vok- Will Vokes uh, getting a start, playing excellent. Sal Sol Bamba has looked rusty, should we say, since he came back from his injury. Yeah, showed signs of maybe getting back to where he should be, um, but also showed signs that maybe he's still a bit rusty. Um, I'm still not convinced by uh, Mr. Harris, should we say? Yeah, but uh, equally, I was very happy to see Vokes in there. I was very happy to see Gavin White in there. Because uh, I thought both played very well, but you know, there's there's work to be done, shall we say? No, huge work, side, but it's it's uh, we didn't lose. We're still in the hat. We still got an opportunity to to progress forward, but it's it's frustrating, side, because you know, I mean, you look at some of the other sides and wins breed confidence, and you know, I mean, that game was there for the taking. They had enough chances to win the game, and. On another day, I think uh, Cardiff City go and win that game, um, what, 3-4-1 on a good day. And if, and if we're, we're sat here now talking about that result, uh, it probably would have been justified, you know what I mean? Grassel couldn't, couldn't got himself a couple of goals. I, I'm so disappointed Gavin White didn't get, his, didn't get his goal in the first half because, you know what I mean, performances sometimes deserve goals. And, you know what I mean? Even if it was big salt scoring at the end, you know what I mean? Would have, would have given everyone a boost. And unfortunately, it didn't. And, uh, but... The manager went out with a strong side, strong setup. You know what I mean. So hopefully he'll he'll do the same in the same in the return game and and try and progress through because I don't think Cardiff are in a situation at the minute where they can afford to to lose confidence or lose a game in the week when uh, when they've got big games and coming thick 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 and fast because you know what I mean if you if you take a bit of a beating on a Wednesday night it, it can it can we've seen over the over the course of the last few months or whatever that it can they can take it into a Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um... Just to touch on something, the the Reading lad who scored um, revealed a T-shirt honouring his father who had passed away recently. Yeah, he passed away. Yeah, Did he get booked for that? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I can, I'll double check for you now. But uh, I, because... know, I know, I know, he got upset. He got upset as he as he scored, and um, you know what I mean. I know he didn't play last weekend because his because his father passed away. So I'm hoping he didn't because yeah, it's com- common sense. Com- Come on, compassion. Man. But I, I know it's happened before, Sai, and and they did. So let me double check here because I know he scored. He did. He did get a yellow card. Yeah, did you? Nearly dropped the f bomb early. Then, jeez, yeah, it, frustra- it really frustrates me that though. it's just common He's, sense. Isn't it? He scored after eight minutes. He got a yellow card after nine. Yeah, so yeah, it's disappointing. Real disappointing yeah. because you know there's no need for that. Um, it's just have a bit of common sense and a bit of compassion. Yeah. And things is outside. It's not nice, is it? You know what I mean? We're all going, we're all going through certain things. You know what I mean? And he goes and loses his loses his dad. He doesn't play last week, and you know what I mean. It would have been hard for him to play. It's his first game back from from losing his dad, who who have been, I'm guessing, is a big supporter um, through his through his football career. And you know what I mean? And it's his first goal that his dad won't won't have been able to see. And you know what I mean? And and, and you know what I mean? Yeah, it's compassion. And I just think it's it's poor from. Uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know the refs only only putting the rules out there, but the, but the, but then the rules are wrong. It's not the referee; it's the rules are wrong. You know what I mean? It's for me, referee's discretion, and that's what that's what the rules should be. It's a referee's discretion. You know what I mean? If he's if he's took his if he's took his top off and he's swinging it around his head and he's doing it to to wind people up is one thing. But if he's showing a t-shirt off to 
to show something to support something which is a which is something close to him, like it's like it's like his 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 father passing away, then for me should be taken away or or, or, or not even given in the first place. Yeah, I think so. What's the um what's the weirdest goal celebration that you've ever witnessed firsthand, not including the pie to the face? Um the weirdest one I've ever I've ever witnessed. Um, like from a teammate or, or an opposing yeah, team. I don't think I wouldn't say like I've ever. I wouldn't say I've ever. Uh, oh, but, oh, sorry. Yeah, the weirdest one I've ever seen was. Uh, do you remember you played for Newcastle United? It was uh, Tamia Ketsbaya. Yeah, Ketsbaya when he, he smashed and he up scored the and he started kicking the boards and started taking his boots off, and, but he but he couldn't do it. And he yeah, started throwing proper his, angry, throwing his stuff he? around. Yeah, and, and I get I get it's a it's quite a. It's quite a surreal feeling scoring a goal and, and, and having that all emotion and you, and you try and let it out. But you know what I mean? I, I found I found taking a pie to the face was, was quite a, a nice way to relax. Um, Catch up. Uh, yeah, and, try, and, and, and eat. And to be fair, eating food whilst, whilst, whilst the game's on. Yeah, it's probably a, it was probably a first. So, yeah. Won't ever yeah. up again. So it's nice. Do you ever nice. do you ever see like... Um, did you ever have anyone against you? You know, like where they do like the... The collaborative team celebrations, where they like doing the either like temping bowling or the the roll rowing in no, a boat well, I, or all that sort of no, shows. well we, we always we always a Cardiff and I think uh, when Lenny was in charge and and, obviously, and when Sam was there, we all got told that we had to celebrate together. It wasn't a case that we're doing this celebration. It was a case of one in all in that we all want to um, go and celebrate. You know, so it's uh, it's important that. Um, um, that we uh, that we all celebrate together, just to show a bit of unity for the fans, and you know what I mean. Because sometimes it's um, it's a it's a bad thing for me if I see someone not celebrating. Sometimes I look and think, do they care? Do they yeah. care about ball club. You know what I mean. So or not. So for me, it's uh, it's important that uh, that everyone celebrates, and you know what I mean. I, I said earlier about Lucas celebrating. You know I mean, I've had players. I've had. I've, I've, I've seen players who played against their former clubs and don't celebrate. So for me, that's poor. It's poor, it's poor style for supporters because these supporters pay your wages, and if, I, if they don't celebrate, it's you know what I mean. I I I, I never scored against one of my one of my old sides, and you know what I mean. If if I had scored, you know what I mean. I, I would have celebrated because it was just the right thing to do. And but I would have explained that later on in in Bebby's interview, and you know what I mean. And it wouldn't have been anything personal. It was just, I enjoyed scoring goals and I enjoyed. Celebrating for my team, simple. Yeah, really. yeah, I think that's fair enough, isn't it? I don't think people hold it against players. Um, no, hold, hold the dons. Hold the dons. Next up, Tramier nil, Manchester United six. Oh, sorry, what can you say? Um, uh, uh, I was, I was, I was quite intrigued uh, to see team selection. Um, I was quite impressed with how Oli lined, 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 his, lined his side up. Um, I think he saw it as a quite of a sticky game, really. But from the first minute side, from when the game started, it was just men against boys, and you know what I mean. The, the goals all came from a similar area from, from um, Man United's left, uh, apart from one of them in the first half. And you know what I mean, Martial, Greenwood, Lingard, even Harry Maguire. You know what I mean, cut in and. Uh, and 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 laying shots on, you know what I mean. Thought Maguire's first goal was was absolutely outstanding. You know what I mean. I thought Man United's um, 
just 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 the way that they that they came and 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 handled the game was just so professional and, and deserve all the accolades they can get because you know what I mean it's a, it's a tight game and it's very rare you get you get beatings like like this nowadays you know what I mean and and and, and especially at home because you know what I mean in Tranmere didn't really lay a glove on them at all they had a couple of half chances and a couple of long range efforts um, but for me I thought you know, we're absolutely fantastic and some of the goals they scored so. We're just out of this world, and you know, I mean, it was nice that the, the six people got a goal. It wasn't just uh, Martial taking over, or you know, I mean, young Greenwood got to take the penalty at the end, which which was a lovely penalty at the end. You know, I mean, for the young lad to to be that composed, but uh, Dalot's goal from 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 right wing back, you know, what I mean, it was a it was a great individual goal. I thought Jesse Lingard, who's had a really good goal this season, his, his header was just. Out of this world, and you know what I mean. Just, but just, Tranmere just, just, just everything from the the pitch was awful to the performance was awful to the result was awful. So it's just a real bad day at the office, and and something which uh, which Tranmere won't be happy about really because you, it's not many times you get to play Man United at home and and pull a performance in like that. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, mate. The, my connection just dropped a little bit there, and so I was like, oh, oh I don't no, know. here we go. It's going to all go pear-shaped, but it seems to have uh, repaired itself. i got to say, um, the, the the finishing from Manchester United was about as clinical and professional as you can get. No, it was. Um, nine, shots on, nine shots on target signs. Got six of them. You know what I mean? So, and that's what you know we're what I mean? referring to about taking your chance. And I mean, yeah. when you think of it, Maguire, uh, Martial, Lingard, and one other, they were only really half chances. They were yeah, actually what? brought on. The goals came about because Tramier didn't close down yeah. quick enough, and yeah. they just the, the the precision of the finish. You know, they oh. were like banging the top corner, bottom corner. Yeah, Maguire's. I felt sorry for the goalkeeper because they were all quite similar goals, and he wasn't really getting any protection, like you just said there. And you know what I mean? The, I think they looked like they were trying to keep the shape and just try and keep two banks of four or four and a five, and, and just defending from the edge of the box, but. When you've got people who can uh, who can pick things out like with their eye the needle and you know what I mean pick the pick the top corners and bottom corners out then you know what I mean you you're in deep trouble. Yeah, they um, they were exposed. I think is, yeah, uh, massively, good... massively. And Mickey Mickey Mellon, he won't have been happy. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's it's six nil. It's a it's a poor result. Poor result. Uh, yeah, I got to say, I thought that uh, one of the interesting or one of the ways that Tramia did look dangerous. Uh, was when they managed to get Phil Jones one on one, whether it was with through uh, the boy on the left. I think I forget his name. Uh, he had like a, a really cool name. I can't remember. But he, he whenever he got one on one with uh, with Phil Jones, he Black really... Taylor Cor- yeah, Black That's Taylor it, yeah. Corey, and he was he was oh, he had him on toast every time he did it. He turned him about two or three times, and he was the only he was the biggest threat for me. He had a couple of long range shots and. But it was like he had to do everything by himself. He turned Phil Jones in the second half on the halfway line, ran all the way to the six-yard box, and then just ran out of legs and ran out of energy. And you know, what I mean, he didn't really didn't have any more energy to give. And but you know, what I mean, it just shows how um, even even half decent defenders in the Premier League can, can get ripped up on a um, on any given day, really. Yeah, um, I would be in. I think Carter. I think uh, sorry. I think Man United should actually play five at the back. Or three at the back, three centre backs. I think it suits the players they've got in the defensive positions. I yeah. think it suits Luke Shaw. I think yeah. it suits 
Dalot, I think it brings the best out of Harry Maguire. I know it's versus League One opposition, but Harry Maguire likes to bring the ball out of defence, and he can't do. Whenever he does that in a two, he often gives the if he the, his passes get intercepted, they're exposed. Whereas with Lindelof and Jones, I would I would think I would suggest play someone else but Jones. But if they could play the three there's three centre backs, I think that might get the best out of the players they've got when you've got Matic who can literally just sit on a pivot at the in front of the defenders and then you can release some of those attacking players because you know on their day Martial your your Rashford even Lingard sometimes can uh, can really you know damage any team really yeah well for me side to say but then but then you've got your same old um, Daniel James Will he play? Does he play wing back? You know what I mean. I think he's got all the attributes to play wing back. You know what I mean. Yeah. But he, he, defensively, defensively, will he get found out? You know what I mean. Because there's some very good wingers in the Premier League. So, you know, that'd be my only concern. You know what I'm mean? asking a, a young boy who's come from uh, Swansea City to uh, to to take on that quite big role at a young age. You know, so it's a it's a big. Uh, the manager's got a big decision to make next week because does he keep the same formation which has worked really well in, in an FA Cup game? Because it's it's not just about it's not just about who you play. It's also about your own performance levels as well. And you know, what I mean, he obviously, you know, what I mean, you can only you can only play against the team you're playing against. And you know, what I mean, for for long periods, he absolutely battered them to death. So you know, what I mean, it's be interesting to see what he does next week. Yeah, Peaches is in the house. Ooh, she uh, she sent me a keep crest, your, like a keep your word, keep your word association word association yourself. <laughs> <laughs> she sent me a, a question earlier on uh, uh, email, so. It's, it's similar to a Vicious. word association, but it's like Vicious. multiple Vicious. choice. She's doing her best to stitch you up. She gets me in trouble. Gets me in trouble every week. Right. That's it. But uh, thank you for mind. joining us. Thank you for joining us, Peaches. I appreciate it. Because she knows I'm too honest. Sorry. Yeah, too that's honest. it. Well, she's in a different time zone as well. So she's like... Hey, I'm in a different time zone. Time Don't worry about that. Oh, well, up north... Oh, I didn't mention we got out. We'll finish off the show for the, any newcomers. Uh, we finish off the show with the greatest podcasting segment in the world. It is uh, the best 10 second segment you will find anywhere on the internet. In fact, it is the fake Geordie Bingo Lingo, which is basically where Andy tells me something about his northern culture, whether it's a place or a phrase. He educates me as I prepare to travel up north to Middlesbrough later in 2020. Uh, Every day is a school day, Si. Every day is a school day. Always learning. That's it, mate. And uh, yeah, when I go come to to the borough to to visit, I'll be like a local. Yep. So they were our main sort of featured games. This week, there's so many games to cover. uh, And because someone put an extra poll out, we had even more games to cover. So... uh, we're sort of flying through them a bit quicker than normal. Yeah, sorry. Uh, when it's a normal championship week, we kind of focus on three games, which you yeah. guys vote for, and then we fly through the rest. But we'll always cover all the games in the championship and the big stories uh, from around and about. So let's start with Northampton Town, home of uh, Danny Batten, co-host of the... Uh, Danny Batten MMA show here on Ace Podcast Nation. Check it out. New episode coming on Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday. One day this week. And uh, nil-nil to Derby County, home of Wayne Rooney. 
I, I'm not really sure si, how this finished nil nil because I just it was just one of the most surreal games I watched on Friday night, and um, it was just a, a non-stop uh, slugfest of um, Northampton attacked, then Derby attacked. Um, I just don't know, don't I just honestly don't know how how we did finish did finish nil nil, and how um, Northampton finished with eleven players on the pitch because um, how the referee didn't give a free kick for. Um, I think it was Chris Martin who went through and he got and he got pulled down one on one by the defender. And, you know, it wasn't even pulled down. You know what I mean? He, he, it was it was arm on the shoulder, dragged him down, wrestled him to the floor. Didn't even get a free kick. And I just, you know what I mean? It, it, it's the 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 biggest bugbear because you know what I mean. I'm probably going to stitch myself up here and say about VAR, but you know what I mean. If that was a Premier Premier League ground, we got VAR. It was so refreshing over the weekend to to watch games and not see VAR and and and, the, and there'd be a few contentious issues um, with referees getting things wrong because we're only human. And and then being able to talk about those 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 incidents, um, I think was is only good for football again because it's it's nice to talk about referees being human and make mistakes than talk about uh, a video assistant referee um, and him getting things right, but then not in agreeing with his decision. Well, we can't have it all, we can't have it always, can we? So you know what I mean? For me, referee made a mistake. Derby would have won the game on a on any other day, but you know what I mean? I think uh, I think if anybody had won this game, I think. It, it, I don't think anybody would have had any qualms, but I think Northampton probably just edged it with shots on shots on target. But um, Derby took it serious with with their team selection, um, and the replay will be interesting when it comes in what in a week, just over a week's time. Yeah, it's um, Derby remind me a little bit of Stoke this year. They, like one week excellent, next week dreadful, and they just yeah. do not seem to be able to get a run of games. I think they've been much better um, since Rooney's come in. He seems yeah, to have totally added great, a bit yeah. of stability and a bit of creativity and a bit of yeah. whatever you want to call it. I think he's really made a difference, um, you know, just before he takes the managerial job from Mr. Koku, as we like to say here. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I do believe that Derby have a squad capable of pushing for the playoffs. Yeah. But... They need to get some consistency, which they, yeah, they do not have. No, Northampton, impressive. They deserve their uh, their replay and their trip yeah. to, to Derby. Yeah. Totally agree. And, and yeah. it's not it's not game over, Si. It's not a foregone conclusion no. that Derby will win that game because Northampton will go to the um, to go to go will go to Derby and, and look forward to go to go and play there. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's it's a it's a, a big stadium. It'll be a nice pitch, and uh, and Northampton will give it a. Give it a good go and, and, and see if they can be successful. Because, like I said, they'll, they'll know they're going to play as well in the next round, and um, it'll be it'll be a it'll be a decent game to be fair. I think. I indeed it will. Uh, next up, QPR one, Sheffield Wednesday two, Sheffield Wednesday back and the the winning thread. Yeah, I speak a bit about inconsistency side. You know what I mean? Sheffield Wednesday, God, um, what after last week's uh, debacle against Blackburn Rovers, get beat five 0 at home, they go to probably. One of the most impressive teams this season at home, and they go and beat them quite comfortably away from home, two-one. Um, um, you know, in quite tight first half, but then Fox uh, breaks in, uh, breaks in from the left and and puts it under the goalkeeper. Probably deserved slightly, just uh, overall in the first half. And then Sam Winnell um, with a tidy finish from Adam Reach's Adam Reach's goal, uh, Adam Reach's ball. Sorry, but. You know what I mean? To go there and, and, and pull in a decent performance and, and score two goals away from home and keep um, 
keep QPR quiet, you know what I mean, with 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 the front line that they've got. You know what I mean? John Hugel played, um, you've got Eze played, you've got uh Naki Walls came off the bench and scored after a horrific uh, mistake by the goalkeeper, who just might as well just just let it let the first ball in instead of passing mm-hmm. it to the to the centre forward. But mm-hmm. I think Sheffield Wednesday deserved it and you know what I mean? We've we've spoke about how good Sheffield Wednesday are, say on the on the day and uh, Gary Monk has turned their fortunes around, but they need to be a little bit more consistent. They can't afford to um, to let the Blackburn result fester on. And you know, I mean, with the team selection that he picked on on Saturday, I think he he really wanted to get get the victory and and put that one to bed as soon as as soon as he possibly possibly could. And um, but that just shows it shows good management and shows how big the football club is that he wants them to, to kick on and 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 progress in that competition as well as trying to push for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I I tell you who's impressed me uh, over the probably the last month or two. It really is uh, Morgan Fox. Uh, yeah, yeah he's got a good goal. Really, yeah. really good. Great goal. But yeah. he's yeah. Imp- really impressed me the way he plays. I really like him. Um, QPR have been in really good form, especially going forward. So for yeah. Sheffield Wednesday, who've been a bit up and down recently, to to travel to QPR and to get that win was impressive. Yeah. Uh, Naki Wells is on a bit of a tear. So um, my bet for a goal scorer next week would be Naki Wells anytime. Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah, he's he's playing well, scoring goals, and and you know what I mean. It's an old championship affair, you know. So you know what I mean. I know in the championship at the minute we it's a bit inconsistent about winning games, but um, you know what I mean. So on the day, but I I expected QPR to be a little bit better and and probably the. To beat Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday, because I, did, I thought Sheffield Wednesday would have would have maybe rested a few players ready for the league game next weekend. But fair play to Gary Monk, got the result which I didn't expect. Yeah. Um, so I just reminded myself of something. I'm sure that uh, John Johnny, uh, where she always sends us questions. I'm sure he sent a question asking us um, for like three three bets or something like a long term, a short term. I'll see if I can find it now as uh, we talk about the next game. The next up was uh, was Brentford versus Leicester, which finished Brentford nil, Leicester one. I thought yeah, Brentford just, was very unlucky. Yeah, I was disappointed side with the way that they started because they didn't give mm. themselves an opportunity because uh, Leicester should have scored in the first, I think it was 16 seconds, it should have been 1-0 down. And when you're starting games against uh, a Premier League side, you need to start on the front foot, you need to put them pin them back a little bit and, and I was expecting a little bit better from Brentford because of the way that they've been playing the way that they've been attacking um, you know what I mean they, they were unlucky not to get something towards the end but it's the way they started you know they, they should have been 1-0 down before Indian Acho scored the first goal which was a, a very good goal uh, Justin's cross and, and, and a really tidy finish but you know what I mean it could have been worse for them before half time but I think second half Brentford dominated the game um, which I, I was fully expecting uh, with a few changes from Leicester, but the Brentford they really started the game poorly and, and got what they deserved from probably from the first half. And you know what I mean? They, they created a couple of half chances in the second half. If they could have got that goal, I do believe that they'd have probably gone on to win it. But um, but you just can't start games like they started. And and and, and unfortunately, in by in a, against the Premier League side, you you make a couple of misjudgments or a couple of errors. You get you get you get punished, and and that's what happened because they're making them. Them, them mistakes in the championship to probably go unpunished a little bit but good sides especially Leicester City at the minute are on fire this season are going to punish you by uh, by taking the lead and then you're chasing the game and, and unfortunately for Brentford, Brentford they couldn't get them goals because they've been scoring freely in the championship as we as we rave about week in week out 
indeed. Um, you know, Bramford have been superb, uh, yeah. particularly recently. And I'm sure, you know, they'd have been extremely disappointed to finish, yeah. uh, to start, you know, the way they did, knowing yeah. the form they're in. Yeah. I think that would have been a real, you know, a, an issue for them. Um, yeah. But I thought but, so you, second, you said it, be, you said it well. before. You said it before about uh, about teams resting players. Yeah, you've got a team here. Brentford, Brentford rested De Silva, who's been one of the best midfielders in the Championship. They also rested uh, Mubuemo, who's been one of the best attacking players in the Championship, and only brought him on eight minutes to go and brought De Silva on at half time. So, do you know what I mean? It's it's it's. It's getting that fine balance, isn't it? You know what I mean? That if 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 Brentford had their full squad out from the start of that game, it probably could have caused an upset. But the managers probably looked at the game thinking, we're playing against a Premier League side. We're not going to win the FA Cup. We've got a bigger fish to fry next weekend, the weekend after the weekend after. You know what I mean? Lads are carrying a few knocks that we've got we've got to rotate and rest a few players because we've got a big, decent-sized squad. Um, so it's just uh, it's it was just just disappointing because I, I wanted to see one of our championship sides. Um, Progress quite far in the in the cup by making a few upsets, and I, and, I, and I did fancy Brentford to do that. Yeah, I thought this was the one actually, uh, or one of the games which was most likely to have that championship team get the upset. But I can understand them resting the players because look, like you say, the the likes of De Silva and some of the others, they've been so good that the last thing you want to do is get them injured in some. FA Cup game when yeah. if they get promoted you know if they go up as champions for instance it's like the money almost all the money they spent in the summer and more do you know what I mean is back is yeah. for a small club like Brentford who make so much money uh, themselves you know they do make a lot of money uh, as yeah. a club Brentford yeah and I you know I also, going up I also... is changing isn't it you know it's a game yeah. changer but I also read that they're uh, they're on about building a new stadium site. You yeah. know what I mean? And 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 uh, part of me thinks, yeah, great idea. The club needs to evolve. It needs to get bigger. But are they a big enough club to fill thirty thousand? And did they have that? Um, did they have that following? You know what I mean? For me, you know, what I mean, Griffin Park's one of those grounds that nobody wants to go and play at. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those. I wouldn't say hostile, but it's quite um, close in. Quite it? quite close in. It's quite intimidating to play. You know what I mean? I remember when I played there, and it was. You know what I mean? You can hear everything from the touchline. You're taking a throw in and people can touch you. You know what I mean? It's that close and it's it's a nice place to play, but at the same time, it's quite a not nice nice, nice place to play. But when all the stadiums are the same, it's, I don't know, it it, 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 it changes that, those dynamics, you know, that it, it takes, it's the kind of city stadium, it takes it takes a long time for fans to get used to it and for players to get used to it. And, and sometimes it's not always the best thing to do, And but it's everything's driven by money. Unfortunately, and, and if that's the, the reason why, why it's you know what I mean, if, if they go to the Premier League, for example, Sai, they need a new ground because they need to they need to fill it and they will fill it in the Premier League. So it's it's a it's a business decision and a money driven one. Yeah, and I, like you say, clubs would rather play uh, that brand spanking new stadium than they yeah. would play them where they are now. Um, yeah, totally agree. Obviously, we've got still got plenty of games to go, so let's. Uh, Crack on, um, and uh, he says that he's crack on as he's lost his place on his uh, his page of, of games. Uh, so where what did we just do, friends? Burnley versus Norwich. Go for it. Um, well, Burnley reserves against Norwich City's reserves. Yeah, it just it becomes a 
you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. It was a great start by uh, Norwich. Norwich should have scored after the well, same thing again. It was 10 seconds, you know what I mean? One on one. A, a decent decent save by Joe Hart. But just team selection side, you know what I mean? I think Norwich take Norwich took it a little bit more um serious than than Burnley took it. Especially, you know what I mean? You look at Burnley beat Man United at Old Trafford a few weeks ago and you look at the team selection and it's it's like chalk and cheese from what you what you watched and sometimes you can't do that. You know what I mean? You can't, it's, it's you're not you're not treating your your supporters correctly. And Burnley could have easily had a decent run in the FA Cup and and push forward towards last stages. And, Why couldn't you know they I mean? win it? Why well, couldn't exactly. Burnley go win the FA Cup? Exactly. Well, can't now uh, no. because Norwich uh, Norwich got a couple of a couple of goals in the second half. Um, one from the set piece. Um, and just and to be fair, some of the chances that Norwich missed and some of the chances they created were were excellent. And for me, thoroughly on the day that. Uh, fully deserve to beat Burnley and you know I mean I was so disappointed with um, Sean Dyche's side especially after watching the game at Old, Tra- Old Trafford I was I was in awe of how he set his side up how he's got his tactics right how hard his team worked but didn't see that on uh, on Saturday whatsoever and thoroughly deserved to lose a football game and and if I was a Burnley supporter I'd feel a little bit short changed to be honest Yeah it's like watching two different clubs completely not yeah, even two different totally. teams two different clubs totally um, agree. And the one thing I'd say about uh, Norwich for instance who rotated their squad uh, in the last in the last round the the lad who scored a hat-trick scored yeah. a hat-trick and then yeah. the following game started versus Manchester United now that yeah. is what I want to see is you give yeah. the youngsters a chance us a couple of them a chance the ones who are you know at the top of the class if you get my drift. Yeah. Um, if they perform then in the big game, in the cup game, you get them in the league. That yeah. is not the same as resting 11 players and sending your assistant coach to coach the team. Yeah, no, I totally agree, Sai, because you said it there, like, you know what I mean? I, I remember I got my opportunity in the in the Coca-Cola Cup, but I played in, you know what I mean? I think the manager made one or two changes. I was one of those two changes and, and, and it gives the manager an opportunity to see me in, with, the, with the first team and you play well, you keep your place. It's your place to lose and, you know what I mean? Some managers are really good at, at doing that and, you know what I mean? It, and it gives players an opportunity because how would you feel if you were a player and you scored a hat-trick and you, and you got dropped the next week? What, what else can you do more than what you did on that? You know what I mean? So, players have got to be given a, a platform and an opportunity and, and uh, again, Norwich City have um, have come through what two tough away games in the FA Cup, one at Preston and, and one at Burnley, and you know what I mean. They're, they're certainly doing the hard way, Norwich. Certainly are doing that. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's um, it was disappointing from Burnley, and I do believe that Burnley could have gone on to get to the yeah, final. Yeah, well, um, you just don't know. Well, the thing is, though, you see the draw side whenever the draw is made later, right? Is it later on tonight? And um, you know, what I mean, they could they could be they could be drawn against the Championship side. They could be drawn against. Um, a lesser side, you know, like a Shrewsbury or Oxford United, if they get through, and I just think it just makes a mockery then because you know, be kicking yourself then, you're really kicking yourself. Absolutely. Um, so next up, we have the Coventry nil, Birmingham City nil. Um, strange game because obviously the game was Coventry at home, Birmingham City away, and it was played at St Andrews, um, obviously the home of Birmingham City. So Birmingham City supporters were in the away end, they weren't. You know what I mean? So they weren't allowed in their normal seats, and uh, a few of the chants were quite funny, quite interesting about um, who was who was sitting in my seat, but with a, uh, a few swear words thrown in, and it was it was a, I think it was a proper Midlands Cup tie. You know what I mean? There was guts and thunder, and chances at both ends, and uh, a real a real entertaining nil nil draw, and it could have gone either way. Um, really, you know what I mean? Both both managers went for it with 
with the team selections, you know what I mean? That I know Jude Bellingham got rested uh, last weekend for the FA Cup game, so it shows how, how important they're seeing this local derby, and you know what I mean? And and they've got to do it all again uh, at Birmingham. Birmingham at home to come. It's just a just I, I, I don't really know how to explain that. It's a bit of a bit of a strange one, but you know what I mean. Look forward to the, to the second game just as much as I did for the first game because it was a uh, like a, a, one of the best normal draws I've seen. Like the derby game, you know what I mean. These these are the kind of games that I enjoy watching because I don't mind watching a nil nil draw when both teams are going for it and they're both trying to win the game and they're both trying to knock out each other. Because bear in mind, Coventry City are in a in a lesser division. They're still a big massive club and. You know what I mean, and I think with it being at, uh, at St Andrews, I think it made uh, made it a little bit more um, interesting for for both teams. Yes, indeed, um, guys, drop us a, a thumbs up and in the uh, on YouTube, and uh, you know share the video, tell tell people to come join us, spread the word, and uh, you can also drop your questions in. I know a couple have uh, for Andy to answer towards the end of the show, and uh, yeah, the best way for us to keep growing and to bring in new uh, new new followers new viewers whatever you want to call them is likes comments interactive live chat and it helps us you just getting searched and stuff like that and obviously subscribers which uh, we hit 600 tonight so i'm happy with that and we continue to grow in such a short space of time as well uh, next up newcastle nil Oxford United nil. Uh, I tell you what, I fancy Oxford to uh, to get a result in this second leg. Uh, in the second one, yeah. Well, play. to be fair, sir, I think they were unlucky not to get something in the first game. I think uh, the longer yeah. the game went on, uh, normally it's the Premier League side who, who grows in confidence, who, who, who attacks more towards the end of the game and gets a late winner. But it was Oxford probably could have nicked it um, with a couple of late chances. But Newcastle dominated the game like you would expect. They dominated possession. They had a lot of shots on goal. Um, I think uh, Eastwood in goal for Oxford. I thought had a had a, had a magnificent magnificent game. His handling was excellent. He he did his job and more so what he needed to do. Um, Newcastle's team strong. You know, I mean, he went he went with the strongest possible side, but couldn't break a stubborn Oxford United side down. And and I think uh, Robinson will have been. Uh, Levine really plays with the way that his, his side defended and attacked because they caused Newcastle quite a lot of problems, especially towards the game. Um, obviously, the, the, um, the lad Marcus Brown, on loan from Middlesbrough, seen a lot of him this season and he didn't really do it for Middlesbrough, but he created, created a, a couple of chances and especially one for himself in the last minute where he probably should have scored uh, with a one-on-one of the goalkeeper. I thought Jamie Mackey up front just ran tirelessly caused Newcastle a, a host loads of problems and um, and I think I, I, I agree with you, Sian. And I'll be honest, I hope uh, I hope they get a TV game. It'll be a sellout, um, and uh, I hope they they get everything what's coming to them, and you know what I mean. And, and maybe they can they, they can progress on because they've they've took it serious, and um, uh, and we can go from there. You know. Yeah, you want to see the teams which take it seriously um, and really have a crack. They're the ones I want to see do well, and they're the ones who I want to see you know it, it to come off and the risks they take to come off. Um, I really do. So, uh, yeah, I thought Oxford were very good. Newcastle probably lucky to squeak out of there with a with a yeah. draw. Yeah. Uh, next up, Portsmouth romping, romping yeah. into the next romping. round. Yeah. Well, sorry. What, what? 
what can we say about Barnsley? You know what I mean? That, that I think if um, they could defend, run about, they'd be good. Run, run, run about betting, run about betting against teams, or better, sorry, not betting against teams. That sounds wrong. So betting on games. Um, I think if you were betting on uh, Barnsley, it would, be, it would be both teams to score because Barnsley yeah. always score, always create chances. I've never seen a team who create chances and score goals like they do, but they're letting so many, so many goals, and it's the way the defence side. They can't. You know what I mean? I, I'm going back. What, what we on? Twenty five shows. So the first show. Uh, if anybody wants to go back and watch the first show, they will tell you how many clean sheets Barnsley had last season. I told everybody. I think it was a it was a record in the in the in, the, in League One anyway. Uh, they've had zero this season. I, I think I think they've they've let in an average of probably three games, three goals a game. And and to be fair, it could have been a lot more. Uh, I think it was summed up for me by the fourth goal by Christian Burgess. Um, uh, the corner from the set, corner uh, from the left hand side, it, it gets swung in. The goalkeeper misses it, and it's just tapping on the line. And you know what I mean? It's just it, some. And do you know what? Barnsley's goals were excellent. Carly Woodrow scored an excellent goal, and uh, and Chaplin scored an absolute screamer at the end. And you know, but you shouldn't have to score goals like that to, to to win games. And you go away to any kind of game side, you score two goals, you think you've got a chance to win the game, but they're they're absolutely miles away at the minute, Barnsley. And, and uh, if they're not careful, they're gonna. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be probably one of the. One of the worst seasons in the club history by by the amount of goals they're letting in because uh, they're letting in a shed load and far, just far too many chances and you know what I mean they're getting but they're getting punished and when you're getting punished by a by a side in League One as well it's it's even worse because that's probably the level they're working at and if they get relegated they're probably going to lose the best the better players and they're going to be left with the group which is letting them down this season a little bit and probably it's going to be a struggle next season as well if they're not careful because like I said they lose the better players and they've got to fill those holes with with players who aren't as good as what you're, what you're letting go. Yeah, but Barnsley, I've got to say, have been so good going forward. It's, you're almost like disappointed that they can't defend because oh, I really, I believe that Enjoyed if the they could defend like they defended last year with all those clean sheets, they'd yeah. be in the top four of yeah, the championship. Totally, totally, That's how totally good agree. they are going forward. Yeah. But, yeah. They can't defend for Toffee, mate. Oh, I can't defend. Can't defend um, at all. No, the big man's in the house. Big Al from Away Day Apparel in the live oh, chat. Oh, good lad. Get him in. Peaches says she wants this T-shirt, which I got on. Johnny well, Wish says the same. Yeah, this Ace Podcast Nation T-shirt. One of a kind. I have to take it off, Si. Yeah, you don't want to see that. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that. <laughs> Maybe in the outtakes. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I say, guys, drop a drop a like, drop a comment, share with your friends, help us grow, help us get more people to know that the the show is going to be live on a Monday now because obviously we get a good thousand plus people who watch on YouTube, but they watch kind of over the week and they're used yeah. to it coming out on a Wednesday pre-recorded. Same for all the people who download it to listen to; they're used to it coming out on a Wednesday, so we need to. Adjust their thinking. Yeah. Uh, next up, Southampton won, Tottenham won. Jose um, versus Ralph. Yeah. Um, interesting. Obviously, VAR played a, another part in, a, in an FA Cup game because it was at a Premier League game and it ruled out. Uh, it ruled out the goal by it was uh, Los Celso, wasn't it? Because it hit it hit Sun on the way in. It didn't look like it took a deflection until you watched it over and over and over again. But. Um, FA Cup, you know what I mean? For me, it shouldn't be in, shouldn't be involved. But I think probably a draw was a a fair result. Um, 
for me, Spurs, they just can't, they just don't travel very well at all, Sai. You know what I mean? I think you, you can get at them defensively. They're, they're all over the place. You know what I mean? Lloris has obviously come back, come back in goal after, after having long spells out, but defensively, they're, they're all over the place at times. And, and, and for me, Southampton, they haven't got, they're not inundated with, with the best players going forward, but they're still created, uh, still cause Spurs problems. I, I, I love Son, Hon Yu Sung. I think he's absolutely fantastic. He, He's just, he's just, he's just infectious. He's, he has loads of energy. He, he drives Spurs going forward. You know what I mean? But they massively miss Harry Kane, and uh, and you know, I don't know if they're gonna replace and and spend some money side to to progress forward. But uh, it was interesting to see Fernandez. Fernandez made his debut because he's he signed um, through the week from Benfica on loan, and I thought he was excellent for for his debut. I thought young young boy, neat and tidy. He, he you know what I mean for. For, his, for, for to make his debut, like played just under an hour. Uh, he came up just just before Spurs Spurs opened the scoring, but I think he'll be a big player for them going forward, and and it'll be a, a joy to watch because he's just technically very good. But I think a fair result for uh, was a draw for me. I thought Buffal's goal was excellent um, towards him. Great strike, yeah. But I think uh, it's, it was just what what Southampton deserved. But I think both sides didn't want the draw. Both sides could have done without the extra game. And, uh, I think Mourinho was uh, was quite uh, was quite strong about that after the game. I think he he would like games done on the on the on the on the day, but you know what I mean. But then that that would that would affect that would affect Shrewsbury. It would affect um, Oxford United. You know what I mean. So why should why should all the little side get punished because uh, one of the biggest managers in the world wants replays scrapped? Yeah, I I kind of torn in between with it. They don't want. The uh, you know the, I don't really want more replays and stuff, especially for you know Cardiff don't need yeah. extra games. But yeah. like you say, it can be the difference between staying afloat and not staying afloat for smaller clubs. Yeah, but then it can it can be it can be the difference between getting through as well, side because if you keep getting drawn away from home, then you know what I mean. I'll, I'll use Norwich as an example. You know what I mean? The, the, they had to go to Preston, tough game. They had to go to Burnley, tough game. You know what I mean? That they'll and be desperate for a desperate for a home game. But then their home form hasn't been spectacular. No, it hasn't this been year. great. No, so no it hasn't like, been great. No, you're winning away. You want to keep yeah. going with the yeah with the yeah. Uh, thing. So what's going on? So West Ham nil, West Brom. Speaking of sides who were struggling at home, West Ham, West Ham, West Brom. Um, sorry, I didn't finish yeah. my sentence. Um, Strange one side for me because watching the game, it was I just couldn't believe what I was watching at times because it was um, it was just so one sided it was unbelievable. And uh, West Brom made seven changes from the team what what played uh, last weekend against Stoke City and they lost on the Monday night. Uh, and West Ham made I think four changes and West Brom absolutely terrorised them in the first half and um, a chance after chance after chance and it was Darren, Darren Randolph from Middlesbrough who. Uh, for me, kept West Ham in the game, and uh, I thought Townsend's goal was was absolutely brilliant. The way that he's just left foot across across his body, and it's just it, the goalkeeper didn't have a didn't have a chance. But second half, interesting. David Moyes brought on three players at half time. He brought Mark Noble on. He brought Antonio on, and uh, and Og Bonner on. And I think that says it all for me. That manager brings three subs on at half time. He's absolutely boiling with his size performance and. But unfortunately, when you're playing against a side run by Slavin Bilic and who knows how to defend and the side knows how to defend, it's stubborn. Um, you're chasing the game and West Ham aren't at a level and haven't got the players for me who can 
probably break down when they need to. And you know, what I mean, there's there's a lot of work to do at West Ham, but you know, what I mean, is it is it an importance? Will they be gutted about getting knocked out? I think supporters will be more gutted than David Moyes. David Moyes will be able to focus on the league, and and West Brom's train keeps on keeps on moving and and going along nicely, and and the confidence will be will be flowing to, into the next game for West Brom so for, for for our Championship show because obviously they go to Cardiff next week and. You know what I mean? So, uh, their next game, and I just don't think, side that you, you want to go into games disappointed by losing games, and it just shows that the, the, the belief in sides like West Brom is just exactly what you need, you know? Yeah, you don't want to get into that mentality of it's okay to lose. Um, no, and, and I think, and the Slavin Billets, you know what I mean? They've got the perfect man manager in place for all that, and it was, it was pleasing to see an upset, but it's probably not a game that I probably expected because I knew West Brom would have made changes because they make changes in the Championship. So I fully expected West Ham to probably get back in the game second half. But, you know, I mean, West Brom defended really well, even with 10 men, um, which, uh, Jay, you know, I mean, we've, we've read about him on the show about how good he's been recently. But Beautiful. He, he deserved a yellow card for, for the trip. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it was intentional. Yeah. It was just stupid, really. But, you know what I mean? It means, it means he misses the next game. So, you know what I mean? It might be a, a bigger miss for the club than it than than than. Uh... Well, he's been so vital to them, so vital yeah. to the way they've played. Him um, yeah. and Pereira really have been the yeah. two kind of standout yeah. young players, well, or standout yeah. players from. You know, yeah. there's plenty of players who've been great, but those two particularly have stood out. Um, and missing that game could be huge for him. Um, yeah. I was just having a look in the live chat to see if Gaz was there. Gaz was still in there, the West Ham fan. Um, Ila left just before we started talking about it. No, he is there. He said, sack him. Moyes is <laughs> effing garbage. <laughs> no, but sorry, sorry, we spoke about uh, we spoke about the Neil Harris uh, appointment. You know what I mean? That it wasn't the fans' choice. And David Moyes, same thing for West Ham fans. It, we, you know what I mean? It, West Ham are a club, an evolving club. They've, they've, tried, they've tried this manager, they've tried that manager, they've tried whatever manager, but then they go back to retrying people and, and giving, giving, other, giving people a another chance and you can't do things like that si. you mess, you can't mess around with a football club it's you've got to stick by a decision That's see it, it through you know what I mean and, and and live and die by the sword and and just just make a decision and stick by it for me because they've got they've got a terrific football club you know what I mean heritage you know what I mean from Upton Park to the the London Stadium but it's the, it's the fans who are getting let down again Again and again, over, over over every season, and if they're not careful, one one time they're going to fall through that trap door, and will be able to get get back in it. It's just it's never yeah, known. yeah. And I, I I do wonder with West Ham this year whether they might uh, whether Moyes' appointment might be the straw that uh, breaks the, the camel's, camel's back. back, as it were. Yeah. And I know that uh, I know Gaz feels uh, similar because I get yeah. messages, tweets from him every now and again, full of expletives. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, just like yeah, full of expletives basically, uh, saying I'm not good, Moises. But uh, yeah. yeah, you could give him so. a chance. Give him a chance, yeah. guys. Give yeah. him a chance. Rightly so. But uh, next up, Hull versus Chelsea. Yeah, that's to be honest, I, you know what I mean. When I when I saw um, how strong the Chelsea side, Chelsea's starting eleven was, even though he. he, he he rotated the side a little bit. I, I fully expected um, Chelsea to win the game. I thought they started really well on the front foot. You know what I mean? That pace down the flanks. They had creativity in the middle with with Mason Mountain and uh, and Barkley, uh, Hudson Odoi on one side, Pedro on the other, Batshuayi through the middle. You know what I mean? It's it's still Premier League class, and 
Paul made a few changes. Um, they had um, uh, they put uh, Grzycki on the bench, which is a strange one. You know what I mean? It's it's an opportunity to progress through in the FA Cup. I thought it was an opportunity for Jared Bowen to show the Premier League clubs and show the bigger the the, the worldwide probably um, of football how how good he can be. I thought he did okay. I thought he did a couple of driving runs. He was unlucky one in the second half where he put it over the bar. But I think Chelsea thoroughly deserved to win the game. They had a lot more. Uh, about them going forward, created a lot more chances. You know what I mean? They, they just look physically strong. And um, if it wasn't for obviously the uh, the late goal from Guzicki, I think Chelsea were were comfortable. And um, obviously Frank was a bit uh, a bit tense on the touchline towards the end because I think he was uh, he was worried about a late a late goal. But I think you know what I mean. Apart from the chances that, that Chelsea missed, I thought we deserved to win the game and and progress through because you know what I mean. Frank's got a uh, got a big heritage in the FA Cup and he's won he's won it obviously a number of times and I think he'd, he'll want to do it as a manager as well so I fully expect him to to play strong sides all the way through or get stronger and stronger as the um, as the competition goes Yeah absolutely and I, the one thing I like about Frank is that he's really all those players who were out on loan for Chelsea as I mentioned earlier they're now playing football yeah. regularly for Chelsea in the yeah. league as well not just the cup um, and I think that's that's immensely important yeah, um, and uh, that is our coverage of the FA Cup. Mm. So, the FA Cup, the FA Cup, the FA Cup. So, just before we go into the two for two, um, I know you wanted to say a few words um, about. Uh, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten the lad's name. Jordan um, Sinnett. Jordan Sinnett. Um, yeah, who passed on the weekend? So you yeah. were you. Crack on with that, my son. Yeah, so uh, I heard the news. Uh, it was it was Saturday whilst I was watching a bit of football. I heard that uh, a couple of games were called off in non-league football because of a, a death of a player. So straight away you try and find out who it was, and uh, and I found out it was Jordan Simmons. And uh, I met Jordan as a as a young young boy because I played for his dad, uh, Lee Simmons, ex Bradford City uh, player, um, and obviously Jordan was. Jordan was in his twenties and uh, passed away. There wasn't any details of 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 at the time when I when I found out, but obviously later I found out that um, that he'd been assaulted. I think and he'd, he'd fractured his skull and he and he died in hospital um, on Saturday. And I just think it's just it's the society we live in. How sad it is that um, you know what I mean. A, a young a young man forget he's a footballer. Forget that you know what I mean. I, I knew him as a young boy and I, and I, and, I, and I played for his dad. I just think it's the, such a sad world and, and place we live in that. Uh, that this is happening because you know what I mean. That uh, there's there's obviously a bigger picture here that, that there's got to be an inquiry. There's got to be a, somebody's potentially murdered him or killed him or whatever. Uh, I'm just think it's so sad. You know what I mean. My thoughts and my prayers go out to to Lee and his family, um, and to and to the football clubs, to his to his friends, his teammates, and to everybody because it's such a it's just such a sad time. So you know what I mean. I know we did the we did the the show on uh, on Chris uh, a couple of weeks back and uh, his funerals on 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 Wednesday. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's just, it's just one thing after another at the minute. With, uh, it's just sad news, and you know, I mean, sometimes you just want to, you just want some, 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 something good to come out of the world, and something good to come out of, about, uh, of, of anything, football, sport. You know what I mean? Obviously, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, and all those people who died yesterday in, in, in the helicopter crash was just, just horrific. And it's just, it's just everything's just, just, just doom and gloom, and so, so sad at the minute. And it's just. Uh, just shows that you just want to live life to the full and um uh and just yeah just just 
Just try yeah, and enjoy life as you can, you know? Yeah. Um, at the end of this, <clears throat> I, I particularly over the last couple of years, I tried to live my life by you just don't know what's around the corner. You just don't know, you know, if you're going to, without wanting to sound morbid, you don't know what's going to happen overnight. You don't know if you're going to wake up in the morning because you just, you just don't know. Uh, life is cruel and life is yeah. unpredictable. So you've got to just kind of try and live it the best way you can uh, and be the best person you can. Um, yeah. Obviously, I echo everything which you just said and everyone connected with Ace Podcast Nation, uh, their thoughts are with, with Lee and Jordan, uh, Jordan's family and also the same with Kobe Bryant and his daughter as well. Um, it's just it's tragic and sad. Um just on the Jordan thing, I don't want to kind of dwell on that aspect of it too much, but obviously it's, it was uh, some sort of altercation took place. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing I say to my boys, particularly the older one, who's like 15, six foot one, he's massive, is I say to him, um, one punch, one punch is all it takes to, yeah. to, to, to kill someone. Um, yeah. There's been... Um, something in, way, in Wales recently and the last is just finished in court and the guy got punched once banged his head and he died and you know that that person who threw that punch wasn't looking to to I know I don't mean the one with Jordan I mean the one in Wales yeah yeah you know he wasn't looking to, to kill anyone he wasn't looking for that sort of he wasn't that level of violence yeah but you know those lives just changed forever you know someone lost yeah. a father a husband a brother this guy as well, you know, I'm sure his family feels uh, a certain level of loss because they, you know, he's in prison or yeah. it's, it's just tragic all around. So I, I do try to warn my kids about uh, fighting because, you know, they're all boys, especially yeah. teenage boys who, you know, have got hormones and aggression and all this yeah. stuff pent up. You've mm. got to learn to, to deal with it. <clears throat> Yeah, well, the thing is, I'll say it's just—it just doesn't seem like a nice place to live the world at the minute, and it's just—I no, it mean, so you know, you know, and 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 then you you worry about your kids, and you worry about the future that 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 what's going to be left when, uh, you know, not not being morbid, like you said, you know, what I mean, about the world was left when when we don't get kids, kids, and you know, what I mean, it's just it's just something just needs looking at, and just you know, what I mean, that that that, that people who go out looking for trouble. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they did look go out looking for trouble. I'm just saying if people are going out intentionally looking for trouble, have a word with yourself because go out, have a good time. Yes, go home, go to bed, wake up tomorrow and do it same thing again. You know what I mean? Because it's we're messing about with people's lives and other people's families and, and their lives. And it, it's, it's just, you know I mean? No parent should ever have to, um, no parent should ever, ever have to uh, go to their own son or daughter's funeral. It's just not, it's just something that should never happen. Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating, isn't it? It's one yeah. of those uh, one of those things where you just worry about what's uh, what's coming. But um, on a yeah. on a more positive note, uh, my friend, you've had you've got some uh, some good news which you announced recently, which is yeah. uh, a much happier way to to go yeah. into the last part of the show. So you share yeah. that with us. So uh, me and my partner Sophie were expecting a baby girl in April. So. Um, that's great, you know what I mean. I've got two girls already, so this uh, makes a hat trick uh, of girls. So yeah, can't wait. Some uh, little, some little, little, some more little feet 
one day running about, hopefully maybe kicking footballs around like the other two do. So, yeah, it's uh, great news and uh, and something that we're both really looking forward to. So, yeah, so uh, obviously more worries and that you, that you worry about your kids. But, yeah, it's uh, good news, really good news. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, congratulations to you. Uh, it really Thank cheered you. me up the other day. Uh, so let's finish off the show in style. We'll go for our two for two, which is where myself and Andy pick two big performances, moments or players and two nightmares from the weekend. Uh, let's go with let's go with the downs first, because then we can finish on a high. Uh, what's you got for your first down, mate? Uh, I mentioned it a little bit on the game, Man United game. So I'm going for Tramia's pitch because it was absolutely disgusting. It wasn't even, it was just, um, I, I, how can it be allowed? You know, I watch a lot of, um, watch a non, I watch a lot of, of non league football up in um, the North Eastern. Every pitch I see, Si, uh, is, is done by volunteers and it's immaculate. And I just saw that and I just thought, oh my, oh my God, Dread. how on earth can that be? You know what I mean? How can it be possible? If other, I know Liverpool ladies play on it and other te- other teams play Still. on it. But you know what I mean. That, for me, if other teams are playing on it, then there's there's more looking after it. Doing it's that's just that's just a, a quagmire. It just looks it just looked poor. And with it being on TV as well, it's it was the, it was probably the bigger focus. And there was quite a lot of comments on social media over the over the course of Sunday afternoon about about Tramia's pitch because it could it could bring injuries onto players. It can. You know what I mean? People say about evening games up. Well, it didn't even the game up for Tramia or Man United of the weekend, so it didn't do Tramia any good. So, you know, what's what's it doing? In this day and age, it's not acceptable, I've got to say. Um, You know, and when, like you say, Liverpool ladies and other teams play on it, they should be sharing the, the, you know, the duties of of caring for the pitch. You know, the kids, kids games play on better pitches than that, I think. Yeah, I know. There's just um, no grass at all. There's no grass at all. So it was, or if it was grass, it was a, it was a nice brown coloured grass. I've never seen that before. No, it's like molehills and sand yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah um, so for my first down, I've got uh, Ream of uh, Fulham Great getting, getting sent off after six minutes uh, yeah. away to Man City in the pointless as well. Didn't need to do it. Um, Didn't need to do it. It just puts your team under crazy pressure, and yeah. I'm sure his teammates did not thank him. And no. just you know, like you say. Didn't need to do it. There was well, no bigger picture, sir. You know, no, no need to do it. Six minutes into the game, very early into the game, he's now going to miss Fulham's next game, which it's just a pointless exercise. It's just a, do you know what I mean? So he's missing, he's missing two full games, and you know what I mean? It's, it's there's a there's a bigger picture involved, and you know what I mean? Like there's no guarantee that he was going to score. So give your goalkeeper an opportunity to be a hero instead Absolutely. of. Absolutely. No, I mean, the thing is, didn't need to do it. If it was nil nil and it was like there was like two minutes to go. I I can kind of understand just yeah. thinking take yeah, the penalty yeah. take the penalty hopefully the keeper saves the penalty I can get yeah. that but six minutes in away to Man City is ridiculous ridiculous yeah. decision totally agree um, you got for your second one mate uh, I've gone for the Shrewsbury Liverpool game and I've gone for the uh, Donald Lovon goal because I just honestly when I when I watched it I, I watched it I had to watch it again. I watch it again and watch it again because I just couldn't believe what he'd done because it was, you know what I mean, that uh, Ricky Tiller have been uh, spoke at half-time about what we need to do in, in the second half and get it back into the game and then the first cross in and it wasn't even, the, I don't even think the goalkeeper shouted because he didn't expect the defender to do, do anything and he didn't even clear it, he just passed it into the corner of the net and I just, it was probably one of the strangest on goals I've seen for a, a good few years to be fair. It was a very, it was a, quite entertaining and it probably, Great finish. Probably the reason why we love the FA Cup because things like that happen in it. Yeah, it was it was a weird 
good finish. Yeah. Um, so I've gone for uh, the red inch stewards who complained about anti-English chanting while ignoring anti-Welsh chanting. Um, we, and we have slammed uh, racist and homophobic abuse yep. all season. We've done yeah. too, far too many shows on it. The shows um, But this was ridiculous. Like we talked about, I don't want to go into it too much again now because we had a bit of a rant at the start of the show, um, which also featured a statement from the Vince Helm of Cardiff City Sports Club. So for guy, for people who've joined later on, you can scroll back on YouTube back to the start of the show and we covered that in detail. Um, but this was just stupid and it's, it is like the fun police. Um, racism and homophobia are not acceptable in any way. No. But you've got to, there's got to be a level of, of banter and back and forth that's allowed without people being all kind of like, I don't want to say offended because people have a right to be offended. But also, let's not take the fun out of everything. And one of the best things about going to football matches, particularly away matches, is the back and forth between the fans. Yeah. Um, especially when those chants are quite creative. Fun. Let's not take the fun out of going to the football. Especially that's part of the thing, science. It's 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 the main thing about going to going to an away game where the the banter between the lads, the the bus journey or the train journey or the car journey, where you get your song together. Oh, there's just nothing better. There's nothing better with you know what I mean. Over a few pints and a few cans and you know I mean. Please don't stop it because it's just it's just it's just gonna it's just the, the enjoyment and the, the probably. And we're, and we're not and we're not inundated with enjoyment in the minute of football the way that it's going. You know, I mean, we can't afford to lose anymore. No, no, we cannot. Um, so let's finish with uh, some ups, mate. What you got for your first up? Um, first, I'm going to go for Harry Maguire's wonder goal because when he when he picked that ball up and he dribbled with it, he dribbled with it, and then he cut inside. I was I was laughing a little bit because I just thought, oh, here we go, Rosehead, and for him to smash the ball in the top corner, I just thought it was there. Uh, was just something that needed to be rewarded because uh, defenders don't score goals like that and Harry Maguire certainly doesn't score goals like that so fair play to him because uh, he'll probably hit 20 more this season and none of them will go anywhere near where that one went yeah though no, they will not um, I've got to say is it very sweetly struck oh, uh, probably the best probably the best he's done and probably the best I've seen for a long time and you know what it's, it, I was probably more surprised si, with a, with 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 the, it's just a player in the position, isn't it? You know what I mean? Centre halves don't score goals like that. You know what I mean? Full backs, maybe wingers, centre midfielders probably don't score goals like that. So Harry Maguire is a good header of the ball, good defender, but he shouldn't be scoring goals like that. So got to reward him for the goal he scored. No, absolutely. Uh, guys, drop a drop a thumbs up in the video. Helps us uh, helps us get further up the search engine. Uh, so my first up is uh, Mohamed Besic of uh, Sheffield United. Absolute cracking goal, Great. beautiful. But his overall performance was outstanding. He's on loan yeah. from Everton, and uh, yeah. I can see why Sheffield United are rumoured to want to keep him. He was at Middlesbrough, uh, he? a couple of seasons, couple of seasons ago. Yeah, we had him on loan from Everton, and uh, he was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Technically, just something at another level. And you know, what I mean, he, he went back. He wanted to play in the Premier League, and, and rightly so. So uh, he obviously went back to Everton and. Uh, now he's on loan at Sheffield United, and you know what I mean. I think he'll probably make it. They'll probably want to make it permanent because, you know, I mean, the lad wants to play. You know, he needs to play football. He needs to be. He's at that level now. Where he needs to play more games. Indeed, indeed, it would. Uh, my second. Oh, sorry. You. What's your second up? 
I've gone for Jason Cummins for his uh, his substitute stroke two goal appearance for, against Liverpool because uh, I'd come across Jason whoa, quite a long time ago. Uh, he's obviously had he's been inundated with clubs, played for Rangers, played for Hibs, played for Nottingham Forest. He's had quite a lot of clubs, but never really worked out for him. And um, everyone, uh, especially the commentators of Liverpool game, they were they were going on about Jason Cummins and saying that he, he's a joker in the park. He's he's always sub, but he comes on, he makes a difference and. And I thought, well, it's not going to happen. He's, he's sub for a reason. He's playing against Liverpool and comes on, scores a penalty, scores a very good second goal. He he created problems. He was, you know what I mean? And I just thought, you know, so, but then there's, there's obviously a, a bigger issue, that an underlining issue. Why aren't you starting more games? Because if you're, if you're scoring two goals in 30 minutes, you get your finger out, get yourself fit and you can go and make a, make a bigger name for yourself and get back up that football pyramid again because he's obviously got extra talent because this, for me the second goal he's got he was absolutely excellent against two very good centre-halves Lovren and, and Matip so you know what I mean he, he deserves something for his for his 30-minute cameo role Indeed uh, so my first uh, my second up sorry I've gone for the Manchester United fans for loudly voicing their discontent over Ed Woodward's performance and the Glazers uh, ownership and the way they're running things um, because and you know basically taking millions in dividends while refusing to actually you know fund the rebuild which they clearly need as a club uh, both on and off the pitch um, and the reason I've gone for that is because it's very easy when you're five nil up at half time to forget about all the things you're kind of they're protesting or they're they're moaning about or they're not happy with because you're five nil up at half time you just scored yeah. five very good goals as well um particularly when it's an away trip. So, you know, they've been on the beer, they've, they're all out with the lads and their friends and, you know, people, do you know what I mean? It's easy yeah. to, to kind of forget about that for that, for that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. fair play to them. They're not happy and they made it known. I think as I say, this has been going on, you know, I mean, the Glazers took charge of the club uh, a long time ago. Um, there's, it's dissolved, there's been discontent probably ever since. Um, and I just think, you know, I mean, for that football club to really push on and be and be as big as um, the Man Cities now, you know, what I mean, they've got to change owners, and it's probably got to be a, a Saudi owner or a, a Chinese owner who's going to plow all this money in because it's not just a it's not just a business model where obviously the Glazers own it because their franchise in America will become even bigger and their name becomes even bigger because it's a worldwide worldwide thing. You know what I mean? The, the football club and the business the football side needs to go into another level. And the only way to do that is by, um, for me, putting money into the club and back onto the playing staff is probably pulling in a big name manager because for me, if you are going to plow money into the to the football side, you need a new manager because you can't, you know I mean? I, I wouldn't trust, I wouldn't trust the, the current manager with a billion pounds to, to go and push the football club into, into a different level because if it fails, um, you're back to square one again. True, but equally, if they had put in place the correct structure, uh, like a director of football and this sort of stuff, which they'd, which Ed Woodward had promised and then didn't produce, um, you know, that if they'd done that, they'd be able to make sign-ins regardless of, uh, what's he said, Ed Woodward, because they could get it in place for Pochettino or whoever they're going to bring in. By signing players, that but then say you could go, you could go back though. You could go back to where Mourinho was there though. That you know what I mean. If he'd have been given 
you know what I mean? If things were put in place and, and the club was structurally sound when he was in place, then they wouldn't have had the, the issues and they wouldn't have had the performance levels and they wouldn't have had the discontent and they wouldn't have had the, the issues that they've had and they're, and they're still having, you know what I mean? These things, this isn't just, this isn't just new, is it? It's, it's, it's been happening for quite a long time now, you know what I mean? Probably since Fergie left and probably the last season of Fergie, really. So it's, you know what I mean? They've had, what, three managers since, you know what I mean? And they're probably going to get another one in the summer. So, yeah, you know what I mean, the club needs to sort himself out quite quite sharpish, really, to in order to push on and, and be the club what we want them all back to be, really. Yeah, I mean, Alan uh, just pointed out in the live chat that um, West Ham are doing the same sort of same sort of thing, protesting against the owners. Um, and I know Gaz, like I said, is, is, who's been in the live chat earlier, is has been quite vocal about that sort of stuff as well. And he's involved yes. in some of the protests on social media and that sort of stuff. And I, you know, I, you know me. I, I, I'm, I'm firmly against uh, certain aspects of Cardiff City's ownership and the way things have gone over the years. But, um, and I, I fully hold the FA and the Premier League and the Championship. I hold them responsible because they're supposed to make sure that these owners are fit and proper. And I don't always think that they do. Um, yeah. Okay, so to finish off, we'll have some uh, questions. Guys in the live chat, if you've got any questions, get them in now. I've got, I think, three or four, which I've collected throughout the show. Um, I'll make it quick, because after these questions, we're pretty much done. Okay. Jonathan Wish. Jonathan Wish in the live Jonathan chat. Wish. Uh, he said... Uh, it's a Sunday name. Yeah, that's it. No. That's his YouTube name, brother, Sandra. <laughs> On Twitter, he's Johnny Wish. Johnny Wish, boy, oh. But uh, on social on uh, YouTube, it's Jonathan Wish. Uh, so Jonathan says, "Where will uh, City and Jacks finish this season, Buddy?" Um, well, what are your current form? Uh, I, I I do believe, and I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not being biased here. I do yeah, believe that, that. No, honestly, I've, I've got my got my neutral neutral hat on, you know what I mean? Swansea, what, currently in seventh place, Cardiff City are in 13th place, but the difference between the sides, what, six points. Um, Cardiff have got a game in hand. Um, I do believe that Cardiff will push towards the playoffs to have a strong start. I don't, from what I've seen of Swansea, you know what I mean? It's, it's away from home is the issue for me. You know what I mean? That um, you said about it when, 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 when they came for the derby, that they mixed the game up a little bit, they changed the tactics of the way that they play and, doesn't always work. Didn't work on Saturday. They got bullied a little bit by a strong side. So I do believe that they won't be in and around the playoffs. So I do. Uh, I do think Cardiff will finish ahead of Swansea City. Right. So tell me. Tell me a place, and I'll make a note of it, and we'll chat at the end. Of the um, I think Cardiff will just sneak in the playoffs, so they finish sixth. Oof. I'll go off Swansea. I go Swansea tenth. I thought you were going to say seventh on goal difference. Then <laughs> I'll go. I'll go sixth I by a point. Honest. I don't think Cardiff are beating anyone on goal difference. I've got to be honest. No, uh, not, then, not goal scored anyway. No, we had a we had a message on the weekend from Johnny Wish, who said um, he said Twin for brother. the first for the first live show. Uh, my first question is: Give me a long term bet, uh, an outsider for the end of the season. You know, top four relegation or something. A short term bet for the weekend, like a goal scorer. Uh, a short term bet for the weekend. And uh, a goal scorer bet for the weekend. So basically, he wants a kind of outsider to finish in, you know, the top four or the playoffs or whatever relegation, 
Okay. Uh, and so then I... like a, a short term bet for the weekend, like a goal scorer nice. bet or something. All right. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Blackburn Rovers to get promoted. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said it last. You said it last week, so yeah. I'll get in there for you. You said it last week, uh, so that's my that's my long that's my long term my long term one. Um, whoa, goal scorer, goal scorer, goal scorer. Oh, short term, short term. So I'm just looking at the fixes for a, for a game. Um, oh, go on then. So I'm going to go. So I'm going to stay on the Blackburn theme because I've just seen the fixtures there. So it's Middlesbrough against Blackburn. So I'm going to go Stuart down in the score any time against Middlesbrough against his old club because that's uh, some things like that usually usually happen. Um, Not bad. I'm going to go for. I was going to go for Blackburn to to get the playoffs. I thought that was a real good show. I'm going to go for Brentford to win the league. Oof! I like that. And I'm going to go for. Uh, the weekend, I'm going to go for Cardiff City uh, versus Reading on Friday. Over two and a half goal, uh, over three and a half goals. Um, lots of yellow cards and red cards. So I I can't remember what it is the card point system, but I'll go th- over three and a half goals. Uh, lots of yellow cards and yeah, what you're on you're on five points five points for yellow. 10 for a red. Is it? So we'll yeah. go for over 60 points. Oof. So over three and a half goals, over 60 points, uh, cards, and Cardiff to win. So I'm going to make a note of these. See like how a, we do. Uh, like, a Royal Rum- like a Royal Rumble. Yeah. Cardiff, what did I say? Cardiff over three and a half goals. Cardiff, yeah, 3.5 goals. 60, 60 plus points. 60 booking points. I'm gonna put that bet on, by the way. If it wins, put if it, the baby's uh, Johnny Wish, Johnny Wish, Johnny Wish wins. I'm winning. Cardiff. So we got Cardiff win over three and a half goals, sixty booking points. And what was yours? Uh, Stewie down to score any. Stewie down to score any time for Blackburn against Middlesbrough. Any time. He'll be sub. Blackburn <laughs> versus versus the butter, and uh, you said. What was it? Uh, I said uh, Blackburn. We to both get said Blackburn said, to get to the playoffs, yeah. didn't we? Well, I said promoted, so I've gone. I've gone one further. Yeah. Okay. Blackburn promoted, and I said Brentford to win the league. To win the league, yeah. Get good. Get good odds for that. Yeah, you will. Okay. Uh, so we got one question from Peaches, but uh, Alan just also sent a question in on the live chat. He said, uh, "Back in the day, Wigan had a fantastic scouting system." Bringing some amazing uh, South American players. What's happened to traditional scouting? Um, I think the problem we've got in in football, mate, for me, especially to Alto, is is that a lot of foreign players are brought over at a younger age anyway. So um, I think the younger players and the players who are from the area are down the pecking order a little bit. It's such a shame because it's so hard for them to to take over these kind of uh, players who've been brought in at a younger age. Players are getting brought into the area at 12, 13 from, to, to school here with a long contract at 12, 13-year-old. And I just think it is it is so unfair because if that had happened to me, I, I wouldn't have probably signed for my hometown club because somebody, you know, especially the way that my football club was going at the time, Middlesbrough, that 
um, that they could have brought Brazilians over, Spanish players over, Italians over, and, and German lads over, Irish lads over, and I would have, I would have never got my opportunity. And I just think I totally, totally agree. And I think, and especially yeah, uh, academy side needs to be made up of players who are from the area because there's nothing better side than we spoke about. You know what I mean? Jude Bellingham, for example, a local boy playing for his local side. There's nothing better than that. You know what I mean? You see your players playing with a heart, with a heart in the sleeve and. You know what I mean? I know, obviously, uh, young Cameron Cox at Cardiff City. You know what I mean? I, I, I speak to his dad uh, quite often. Um, and it's nice to see a young boy being given an opportunity. He, need, he needs more opportunities, by the way. But a young boy from, from, from the Cardiff area being given an opportunity for his local side and being able to excel because... If that doesn't work out for this for him at this football club, he's got to move on. You know what I mean? He's he's got a good rapport with supporters. Good, he's got a love for the club. But if he goes down the road to go and play for Swansea, Newport County, Bristol City, you know what I mean? He doesn't want that. He wants to play for his hometown club, and the only way to do that is by by being given an opportunity at a younger age to to be coached well and and, and play alongside his mates and, and and play in the first team at a younger age. But but first and foremost, that starts at the scouting system of players scouting in the local area. Good answer, mate. Good answer. And I think you make a very good point about the, the young South American players now. They they get them over young. They move the family over. They give them a house and they, they get them in school, speaking English. So they come through the academy systems rather than signing them at, you know... It's because it's... it's 20, like you say, it's like you, just, you just about to say that there, though, that, that it's... Um, they don't want to have to pay fifty million pound for them in, in five years' time. They'd rather get them now for half a million pound and, and, and it cost them a house or you know what I mean it cost them a job for families and stuff. They'd rather they'd rather save 25, 30, 40, 50 million pounds in five years' time than than and do it now. And I just think but it, but the, but it's a big risk because it's taking somebody's opportunity to be a professional footballer and you know what I mean it's heartbreaking that if 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 your son um, doesn't get an opportunity to play because they brought in a foreigner who has to be given yeah, a contract of ahead of ahead of your son because because they've been brought over and with yeah. a with a guarantee of a contract. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's, it's a difficult yeah. one to swallow. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'll give you the choice. You can finish on Peach's Word Association or her multiple question, or you can do your fake board, Jordy. Fake Jordy Bingo Lingo first. What one do you want to do? Which way do you want to go? Um, I'll finish off with Peaches because uh, she normally catches me out and then she might put me off me. Off the Bingo game. Lingo. Yeah. Right yeah she, so, normally, she normally does. So. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know, Fake Jordy Bingo Lingo is just uh, the greatest 10-second segment in the world. It uh, is literally not even a segment. What it is, is I build it up to be this massive thing <laughs> where Andy is going to teach me about his northern culture. He's going to educate me. He's going to make it. So when I could travel up to Borough very soon, I will be like a local. Be yeah. like a local. Yeah. And this one in particular, Si, is, uh, is like being like a local. So, yeah. So yeah it's, uh, it's, about, it's, about, it's about educating you. So when you do come, you'll know exactly where we're going to go because I'm going to tell you some nice places to go and visit. Um, for the nightlife, some nice places to go and uh, drink and eat. So we'll, uh, so people who are out there who are coming to Middlesbrough to watch Cardiff Middlesbrough or coming or who like to socialise in the area, I'm going to give you the places which I like to go and which 
uh, which are good fun. So we got we, we'll we'll go to Yarm. We have got the Black Bull Pub, lovely place. We got Middlesbrough, we got Southfield Road, which we'll go have a drink in the Dickens. Uh, and then when we're really drunk and we want to go for a late night drink, we got the Bongo, which is a notorious place the to go. Bongo, Bongo. So it's uh, uh, educating you in the, the wrong sense, but yeah, we'll have a we'll have a right knees up when uh, when you do come when uh, when Al joins us as well. Indeed, soon, soon, very soon, sooner rather than later. Sir. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, guys, we're going to finish with Peach's multiple choice word association game, which he Worried. sends every week. Um, oh, they're, they're nice and easy. The, the last <laughs> one, the last question's probably, uh, it's a bit funny, but like the rest of it's just general football stuff. Pretty good. Um, so, we will finish on that. So, guys, thank you to everyone who's joined. Thank you to everyone who's shared. Thank you to everyone who's been in the live chat, sending questions, getting involved. Loved it. As we go along each week, I'm sure we'll get more and more people in. But um, I'm happy just doing the show, having a little bit of interaction. You can catch all our shows, Ace Podcast Nation YouTube channel, which you're on now if you're watching this. But uh, please subscribe. That's the quickest way to have us grow. Audio, all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Social media, you can find Andy on Twitter at AntiCampbell32. Me uh, at AceCast underscore nation, facebook.com slash AceCast nation. Thank you for joining us, Andy. Thank you for joining me. Peaches Word Association. You know the score. Yep. You've got to say the first thing which comes to your head. No explanations, <laughs> just the answers. Unless you really feel it necessary. Nope. Neymar or Bale? Neymar. Maguire or Jagielka? That's random. <laughs> that is random. Uh, after, I, I can't give him me good and not, not, not back him, so I've got to go Maguire. Lingard or Lukaku? Jesus. Not Lingard. Definitely Lukaku. <laughs> <laughs> Soccer AM or football focus? Ooh. It's got to be Soccer AM now. It probably would have been. If you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I'd have probably changed my story. But yeah, Soccer AM. Uh, who would win in a fight? <laughs> <laughs> Roy Keane or Patrick Vieira? Or oh, Roy Keane. Roy Keane's nails. Um, who's the better actor? Vinnie Jones or Eric Cantona? Oh. Well, I watched Moon Machine. Uh, a few days ago, so I'm going Vinny. Vinny, classic. He's a good actor. He's mm. done so many yeah. films. It's mad. Yeah, he has, yeah. yeah, really is mad how he like developed his yeah. film career just by being a bit of but a then Eric, But then Eric the Trawler, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's like a proper actor, isn't he, Eric? Yeah. yeah. Like Vinny yeah, Jones did. literally just plays him like the, the character yeah. he created through football. Yeah, he's just he's just his normal self every day. He's just, yeah, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't put an act on. It's crazy how he created that and just managed to end up mm. multi bloody millionaire in yeah, Hollywood. Like, can't fault him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lennox Lewis or Floyd Mayweather? Who wins? Oh, you've got we've got we've got a bit of a we've got a bit of a dilemma, a bit of power and a bit of pace. Uh, I'm going for the fast. I'm going for Floyd. Nice. So, this is the final question of this week's show. Guys, next Monday, 7pm, 
join us. YouTube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation. Ready? <laughs> who is Born ready. Who is the biggest bitch in football? Oh, biggest bitch in football. Uh he's buying time. He's buying time. Danny Mills, it's always gotta be Danny, isn't it? Danny. podcast out there ace nation podcast i've shared it on my twitter and stuff it's on youtube all your social media platforms with Sai. get over there and watch it people sports social podcast network